This is wait crazy. A wait no, a no, minute. Hold wait on. a minute. Oh, no. Stop wait for a, a second. Slow down. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 26th, 2020, episode 213. And this week, masked waxing wizards. And I am not your echo chamber, but I am your buddy Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 213. We're the gangsta click, Basil. Did you know that? That's always been us. I did not know that <laughs> until I got my my rap lesson from my favorite rapper Gons. Well, you don't. I, I'm surprised you didn't know about two one three. Maybe no. you're too young. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> we can yeah. we can call it that. That makes me feel a little better about it. Yeah. Um. So let's see what's today. Today is Friday. We made it through another week of 2020 Gons. Congratulations. I think we need to start, you know, giving out uh, blue ribbons every week. We make it through this, uh, this, you know, this very strange time. Was blue the first place ribbon or was red? I think red was second place, right? I'm trying to remember all the colored ribbons. Gons, that's so sad that you don't know, know about what color that? the first place ribbon is of course uh, it's blue uh, okay did you right. just not win enough blue ribbons i was i was winning medals not ribbons so oh, okay okay <laughs> watch out everybody um okay well anything uh, exciting happened since wednesday's show no not yeah. enough sleep is pretty much what i've been getting yeah that's about, about the same over here so I think we're in the Good. same, uh, we're in the same, I don't know, same something, bag, <laughs> box. <laughs> same cage that we're trying yeah. to rattle Ooh. ourselves out of. Yeah, there rattle the cage, everybody. Well, yeah. we're happy everybody's here. Uh, it's a Friday. Uh -huh. All my viewer counts are all messed up. I don't know how you're doing over there, but I have no idea how many people are tuning in. But whoever's here, I'm glad you're here. Looking in the chat here, seeing some familiar faces. Um, and I want to take a second and thank everybody who listens to the RSS feed, the old school classic podcast feed, yeah. uh, all equipped with uh much better sound quality yeah you know, no good skipping for you guys no uh yeah no cutting out no just, stream just emergencies us, just the raw version of us going oh we dropped oh no oh <laughs> look at the look at the kilobytes per second it's it's I way know. down <laughs> and uh we need to everybody needs to join in the the prayer group here to make sure that Oh, no emergencies happened to uh, today's stream. We've already been having some internet issues over on your side, Gons, but, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll be praying for a supernaturally uh, speedy connection today. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Please, Lord, <laughs> we need it. The internet uh, here dropped right before we went online. Like everything. I know, just apart, as a little so tease, just, yeah. a little teaser. We are getting things going and. Boom, no internet for guns, but yep. we'll see how it goes. It's fine. Um, okay, well, do you want to jump right into a Flippy Update? Let's do it. Flippy Update. Do you want fries with that? 
Okay, here we go, everybody. We're going to be uh, checking in on our good buddy, Flippy. If you don't know Flippy, let me introduce you. Flippy is the uh, name we have for the disembodied robot arm, uh, originally flipping burgers, but now he is finding uh, finding ways to steal all our jobs, enslave our children, and flirt with our spouses. Uh, we use it as a proxy conversation for robotics uh, worming their way into all of the different professions and different corners of our life, uh, sometimes without us even knowing. So today, Gons, I'm on uh, digitaltrends.com, and the article is titled Rehab Robot Exoskeleton Helps Stroke Patients with Physical Therapy. All right, so watch out, physical therapists, because over the past few years, robot exosuit technology that's capable of augmenting human movement with high-tech components has gone from a sci-fi dream to a tech reality. Many of these wearable robots focus on augmenting the strength of their users for applications like lifting heavy objects in factories. However... An upper body robot exosuit developed by researchers at Austin, Texas-based Harmonic Bionics takes a different track. Ooh, Harmonic Bionics. That's a fun name. Designed to be used for both arms in a seated position, Harmony SHR is a rehab robot exosuit intended to be utilized as part of the physical therapy for stroke patients or those with some other injury that limits mobility. It features two articulated arms that support the weight of the user's arms and move them through pre-programmed exercises that can be customized for each user. It can also function in a mode in which the robot assists just one arm, which follows the patient-driven movement of the opposite arm. Quote, Harmony SHR is an upper extremity robotic rehabilitation system that works with the patient's scapulohumeral rhythm. Wow. To enable natural comprehensive therapy for both arms, reads the description of the wearable therapy robot. Ooh, therapy robot. Ooh. When combined with Harmony SHR's weight support mode, this unique shoulder design may allow for earlier initiation of post-stroke therapy. Harmony SHR's pre-programmed exercises promotes functional treatment through patient-specific movements that can enable an increased number of repetitions per session without placing a larger physical burden on therapists or their resources. As the only rehabilitation exoskeleton with bilateral sync therapy, Harmony SHR enables intent-based therapy by registering healthy arm movements and synchronizing that motion onto the stroke-affected side to help re-establish neural pathways. So there you go, Gons. Uh, actually, let me finish this. The upper body robot exosuit essentially carries out the same job as a physical therapist, helping patients to build up strength and confidence by getting them to complete repetitions of certain movements. But unlike a human physical therapist, Harmony SHR could theoretically carry out unlimited repetitions uh, without tiring. It is also possible that patients might be able to access the robot in clinical settings where there is not necessarily a physical therapist available. This is just one more example of how robots are being used in healthcare and rehabilitation, whether it's wearable robots for helping people to walk or help restore movement through training, medical interventions carried out with the aid of surgical robots, or even emotional support robots 
No robots uh, aren't going to be replacing healthcare professionals in any of these capacities, but they're increasingly going to be lending a hand, or in this case, maybe even two of them. Watch out, physical therapists. Uh, Harmony, harmonic bionics is coming for you. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's cool (laughs) that it's helping people or whatever, but yeah, the, the obvious concern being if you let's say your body doesn't move in a certain angle, it's going to just, mm-hmm. you know, the robot's not going to know. And it, it's really interesting because, um, you know, my days as a, as a swim instructor teaching little, right. little kitties how to swim. Uh, part of the whole thing is um, muscle memory. And so you grab mm-hmm. their wrists of the little kids, you, you get yeah. their heads, you dunk them underwater and you literally move their arms in the way they're supposed to. But, as a human being, you can kind of feel if like, if they're, if they don't move that way, you know, if they're but not going to make gonna, it, <laughs> if they're not going to make it, but like, and everybody's a little bit different flexibility, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but a human, me, a human being able to sort of gently guide them in the direction they're supposed to move. But these rehab what are robots, you, anti, anti-robot guns. Well, I'm just uh, concerned about the person that's uh, going to say, ow, ow, and the robot's going to go, no, you must move this way, blip, blip, and then it's going to just burr and break their arm, you know? Just, uh, yeah, you know. well, hopefully they'll figure that out in testing. But yeah, this is interesting. I mean, I don't know much about physical therapy, um, but w- what this is is another stepping stone in the long line uh, that we've seen of the attempt to replace um, a lot of. Uh, professions or vocations that really kind of count on the the human touch of things. You know, they're even talking about emotional support robots, things like that, where, you know, a lot of times you kind of do need that human touch to help help you get through a problem. And we'll see how these robots develop as we go. But, you know, it's it's always in the context of medical or rehabilitation or something like that, that, of course, we we need the technology to make us Uh, to make the process easier now you know i don't know have you ever had to do uh, physical therapy yeah plenty plenty growing up okay a lot of issues with the shoulders rotator cuff the whole deal i think our stream is having a lot of problems i'm seeing very low bit rate over here and i think people are complaining i don't see anybody complaining in the chat yet oh i I did (laughs) already passed up you're not paying attention does say his wife is a physical therapist so they got to watch out oh yeah be careful well they're going to start yeah. bringing it into the physical therapy office at first you know hey we have this machine over here that's how it's going to start and then eventually the revolution against the machines will start by sabotaging all these machines you know coming in to work alongside human beings of course that's what they say about flippy um, yeah. but uh, you never know you never know i know Never know. All right. What um, do you got? We have a ton of Rona stuff. I mean, tons. I mean, the, that's the, the second coming of the Rona is here. And okay. um, so we're going to start off. We're going to start a little lightly. We'll get into the mask thing and Bill Gates and all that. So uh, you're going to hear this jingle a lot today. Perfect. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out earlier today, 16 NBA players have tested positive for the coronavirus of 302 players tested. 
sources tell ESPN, and I'm not sure if this is, I mean, it's a tweet, so I don't know if this is like 16 over the course of when they, you know, since they shut it down or right now getting ready to get the whole NBA started up again. So not sure about that, but uh, uh, it looks like they're just going to keep pushing forward and restart the season out in Florida. So there's that. Yay. Happy. Okay. Good stuff. You know, people need their their sports. Yeah. Yeah. I also did read an article today uh, about collegiate football. You know, there's kind of a a push for D1 teams to have voluntary uh, participation in preseason workouts in, in many college teams, um, you know, and, and you talk to some of the players and they uh, apparently said, you know, yes, technically it's voluntary, but we all know it's not really voluntary. If we don't show yeah. up for the preseason workouts, you're not going to play type of thing. Right. Um, and then 150 of these collegiate football players came down with COVID. Wow. Well, interesting. Yeah. The, the college realm is going to change a lot too with uh with some of the new rules about having the college athletes get paid and how they can have uh, a certain type of um i think they could do sponsorships or something coming up now so that'll change a little bit of the way uh, at least the big sports you know football basketball some of those athletes yeah. get paid because right now well, the university it, it'll just, be interesting that's, yeah that's on top of all that's stuff. going on for years isn't it Yep, Title IX, the whole deal, but on top of all the Rona stuff. So I don't know. It's just uh, for people that are you know destined to become professionals, it's just no point to really do college anymore, especially with the money situation. But we digress. There's another quick update here, and this is going to launch us into the whole the whole craziness here. But uh, Anthony Fauci, Daddy Fauci, Uh came out, and it was I was disappointed to see hashtag Doctor Fauci. uh, trending on Twitter today. I was hoping the, oh, the hashtag, hashtag Daddy Fauci Daddy Fauci's not catching on. Yeah, it's really not. I was really hoping that people would, <laughs> yeah, especially the libs, you know, I was hoping they'd be like, oh yeah, Daddy Fauci dropping truth bombs, you know, but yeah. not not yet. Okay, but uh, this tweet here by KPix5, uh, it's a local news outlet, hashtag Dr. Fauci says that in decades of working with infectious diseases, I have never seen anything that is so protein in its ability to make people sick or not. Use the word protein. I'll play the clip here. Such an unusual situation because of all of the decades that I've been involved in chasing infectious diseases, I've never seen anything that is so protein in its ability to make people sick or not. There's no other infectious disease that goes from 40% of the people having no symptoms to some having mild symptoms to some having severe, some requiring staying at home for weeks, some going to the hospital, some getting intensive care, some getting intubated, some getting ventilated, and some dying. So that depending on where you are in that spectrum, you have a different attitude to this particular thing. But anyone who gets infected or is at risk of getting infected to a greater or lesser degree, is part of the dynamic process of the outbreak. And okay, so there it is. And uh, protein, meaning it's like ever-changing. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it mutates a lot. There's a lot of different effects or whatever. But didn't we know, don't we know that there's like different strains? Isn't this a little dishonest? Because based yeah, on the strain you get... there is 42 different strains. Right. So, 
I don't know. It's it's a little sensationalized, I would say, to suggest that like, oh, it's so it just mutates so much. But yeah. I'm not a scientist, so and science is not. There truth was another for me. quote. There was another quote from Fauci where he, I think it was Fauci. I could be uh, corrected on that, but uh, some professional, and I believe it was Fauci, said, uh, "Yeah, just because the virus is mutating doesn't mean it's changing." Uh, okay. <laughs> In, so in, which one is it? Is it, <laughs> is it changing and we can't keep up? Yeah, to a question about the vaccine. Like, oh, what if you make the vaccine and it mutates? Just because it mutates doesn't mean it changes. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, whatever you say, you're the professional. Yeah. Plus, yeah. If, if you guys remember, listeners out there and producers and knights, uh, last episode we talked about the um the chan zuckerberg biolab doing tests and saying mm-hmm. that oh mm-hmm. the changes are in a sweet spot where we can uh you know track the different changes and the dynamic of how it spreads so i don't know it's just there's so much conflicting information coming out from all different sides and that'll be a a theme as we go through um all the stories here today yeah. Um, well, here's not a change. In fact, just another one that we called Gons. Hit me with that COVID flush. COVID. That's right. And also, uh, the, we, I think it's time we hit that uh, that mom jingle. Other. There is no other. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Okay, this is dailymail.co.uk. The article is titled, Mums who have been secretly stockpiling toilet paper since the coronavirus outbreak began proudly (laughs) showing off their huge stashes (laughs) as panic buying takes off in Australia again. And yes, we called it last episode. The toilet paper hoarding is about to start. I mentioned how uh, the toilet paper aisles had never recovered from the initial uh, <laughs> the initial stockpiling frenzy, and now we found out why. The article reads, Mothers who have been stockpiling toilet paper since the coronavirus outbreak are showing off their huge stashes on social media. As supermarkets bring back its shopping restrictions nationwide following a spike in panic buying in Melbourne. Okay, so we're talking about Australia here. From Friday, shoppers can only buy one package of toilet paper at Kohl's, while Woolworth's customers have a two-limit purchase. The shock announcement announcement (laughs) comes after both supermarket giants were forced to reintroduce shopping limits on essential products in Victoria. Despite the restrictions, super-organized bulk buyers revealed in a Facebook group they have been preparing themselves after struggling to get their hands on toilet paper during the coronavirus isolation in Australia. Quote, who here has a toilet paper stockpile? Surely I'm not the only one. Since the crazies took all the loo paper a few months ago, I have actually started to hoard it now. I currently have 13 packs of loo paper, making that 232 rolls, one woman said. Many shoppers responded to the thread admitting they have been bulk buying toilet paper over the weeks, while others said they have been preparing their fully stocked cupboards or spare room uh, long before the COVID-19 outbreak. Quote, I've been buying a 20 pack every week instead of every fortnight. Okay. So <laughs> I've got a little fortnight. <laughs> you wanted that, didn't you? Or somebody wanted that. 
bringing back Fortnite. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, that. Wow, the good vernacular. memory. That was a long time ago. I mentioned yeah. that. Uh, so I've got a little bit of stashed. One woman said. Another mother said, "I'm starting to buy an extra packet of toilet paper each time I go shopping, waiting for the second wave to hit." Some shoppers revealed they started their toilet paper stockpiling because they didn't want to line up at 6 a.m. again. While one mother said she had no choice but to start a stockpile for her family of six after she struggled to get her hands on basic items during the isolation. So there you go, Gonza. Did you uh, spend your time stockpiling toilet paper? paper the past no, month or so not really mm. we have our we have a stash but not really uh thinking that the the second wave is gonna become so crazy that we need uh the to- toilet paper is gonna be the first yeah i think know, people realized after the first one that toilet paper is not the absolute most essential um i did buy a, a spare bidet though so i've got That's a bidet right. and a spare bidet just in case my my luxury item breaks down in the apocalypse wonderful yeah you yeah. recommend it to everybody that that that's that's, that's the way to, the go, way to go i'm telling you it'll change your life they're like 30 bucks um and uh, it's a whole new way of living you got to get used to it but it's it's so fresh um <laughs> okay there okay. you go so there's there's the toilet paper update <laughs> the covid that is weird that this whole covid thing the last like three or four episodes we've had something to do with the restroom being associated with the whole covid <laughs> we're just becoming a potty show gone it's <laughs> what is happening to us COVID. News.yahoo.com, Miami City Commission passes measure to fine people not wearing masks. Yep. Yep. And I got a story. We got a video here. We'll play it. It's only about, uh, I only got about 45 seconds of it to play here. Let's check it out. If we don't, um, you know, want to re-implement a stay-at-home order, we've got to take this action now. City of Miami Mayor Francis Suarez commended the commission today for supporting a series of punishments for residents who violate a mandate to wear masks in public after a spike of COVID-19 cases in the state. Here's what it will look like. First-time offenders will receive a warning. Fines escalate from there starting at $50 and are capped off at $500. A written arrest known as a promise to appear is for those who continue to violate the order. It's a last resort measure, but one the commission agreed was necessary. We're simply trying to help our community survive physically and survive economically. We do not want to go backwards. No one on this commission wants to go back to a shutdown. The commission wrestled with different scenarios on how to properly implement these fines and just how far reaching the policing will go, but settled on just enforcing these rules for people not wearing masks. Those in violation of social distancing orders are not subject to the same set of fines. There there will be no other enforcement of any other provision of the emergency order. This is solely to address masks. All right, there you go. Hmm. So, yeah, they got a whole set of uh fines for people that don't wear yeah, masks. I didn't like that that phrase series of punishments. Yeah. Uh, uh first offense warning, second $50 fine, third 150 fines will continue to escalate up to $500, which means what? How many times is it is $100 per or 150 or what is I don't I don't understand the increments there, but um I don't know, maybe five or six warnings, and then and then you you get arrested. Resorted last resort is arrest. Last resort, yeah. you're so dangerous. We must arrest you. Yeah, you're not you wearing know what's a mask. So interesting about this. 
America has been getting uh, a new series of slams across the board, uh, specifically about masks, you know, this second wave or whatever that's starting. Um, you know, I see a bunch of posts just like, look at this graph, wear a mask. What are you doing? Everybody <laughs> else is fine. Like across the world, the United States is the highest hit uh, by the the second wave. Coincidentally, we're the country who's been having, you know, the, the most mass protests and public gatherings. But no, 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 it's because of the masks. Right. Uh, when countries like, you know, Sweden didn't enforce masks and we're going for that herd immunity. And I don't even think they're on the graph of second wave victims. Um, same with Italy. You know, Italy had... Uh, you know, some huge social pushback for lockdowns and masks and things like that. And uh, they too are, I, I mean, they're on the, they're on the graph, but certainly nowhere near the United States. Something is going on in the United States that's causing this second wave. And it's not just masks. It's too simple to just be masks. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems Especially to be... since over and over. I mean, the, the CDC continues to reiterate that they do not suggest wearing a mask unless you are already sick. Right. Well, I think they changed that a little bit uh, in like May or something. But yeah, I mean, part of it, too, is the, the political climate here, election year and, you know, the whole uh, and we'll get to the Chaz thing, the whole civil unrest took over for a little while and that kind of died off. You know, they they, they got there. Uh, burning cities and statues toppling over and all that kind of stuff. And that, that sort of wore off a little bit. So now it's time for Fauci and Bill Gates to, you know, pop their head out again. And just in time for, um, yeah, back to it just in time for uh 4th of July weekend, you know, just, just a timing issue. Have people going out. Yeah. can't have people enjoying, maybe uh, if we celebrating uh, the country. I have a plan. We have a Black Lives Matter protest. It's a Black Lives Matter water ski protest. It's where we all go to the lake, go boating, go water skiing uh, in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. That way COVID uh, should be fine. Nothing will pop up. (laughs) I see. I see what you're doing there. Um, (laughs) There's another story. Uh, and this looks weird because I was trying to um, figure out how to turn off the auto play of the video. And so mm-hmm. I just changed it to a text-only article. But uh, KGW.com, Oregon man jailed after refusing to wear face mask in court. A mm. Municipal court judge issued a warrant for failure, failure to appear in contempt of court after a man refused orders to wear a mask, then walked out of the courtroom. Uh, this is Sweet Home, Oregon. In the small town of Sweet Home, Oregon, a man said his refusal to wear a mask landed him in jail. We're in unprecedented time, he uh, said. Ray Towery, sweet home city manager. We're all kind of learning as we go through this. Towery's been finding or fielding a lot of questions about what happened in Sweet Home Municipal Court Wednesday. John J.T. Colbeth appeared on harassment and traffic citations. He also refused to wear a face mask. Colbeth shared his account of what happened on the Lars Larson radio show. Quote, When I checked into the clerk's window, the clerk promptly told me, well, you need to have a face mask. I was confused and said, well, I don't, and I'm not going to because I have enough breathing issues as it is. She goes, well, the judge is going to disagree with that. He did. Towery said Judge Larry Blake Jr. didn't back down on face mask requirements. Quote, 
Blake said, you need to wear a mask. And again, Colbeth refused, said Towery. The judge said, well, you don't really have a choice, essentially. And Mr. Colbeth said, well, then I'm going to leave. And he left. <laughs> Colbeth said he tried to explain his health reasons for not wearing a mask to the judge. I said, I have enough respiratory issues as, as it is, but I'm more than willing to come back another day. And he didn't like that idea, said Colbeth. So finally, I said, fine, I'll just leave. Minutes later, the sweet home police chief, it just sounds funny, the sweet home police chief, arrested Colbeth in a parking lot and booked him into the city's jail for failure to appear in contempt of court. So, um, uh, you know, I guess I can read the rest of it. It's not really terribly important other than the point that the, the judge in the city there was, was trying to make was that you're not being arrested for not wearing a mask. You're being arrested for not showing up to court. And it's right. kind of like, uh, yeah. eh, it's a little, I don't know. It feels like the judge was um, bitter about something and used that against him. And, and I get it. He walked out in a situation, but he was there. You know, he did mm -hmm. show up. If you walk out of court, you're going to get busted. Yeah. But it's just uh, another situation where they're trying to make people who don't wear masks guilty of anything, really. And at this point, it's kind of like, hey, you don't wear a mask? We'll Find the loopholes to get you in trouble. Yeah, because um, if you don't wear a mask, you're a murderer, Gons, and you you hate your grandma. <laughs> yeah, that's pre precisely the thing. That's how um, they get you. I saw this, in, along with this whole thing, this article or this uh, medrxiv.org, um, I guess, study has been sort of making the rounds, at least uh, on my social medias. And the title of the study is Face Mask Wearing Rate Predicts Country's COVID-19 Death Rates. Hmm. And uh, it's not, uh, has not, okay, it says in this article, this article is a preprint and has not been certified by peer review. So hmm. it's not been peer reviewed. And uh, it's, the abstract is kind of technical, so, you know, we won't read it. But basically the whole idea is based on the numbers, we can prove scientifically or statistically anyway, that those who don't wear masks uh, are more prone to die from coronavirus. So there you go. But more, it's not more science reviewed. is truth. It's not peer reviewed, but yeah, a lot of people sharing it. Well, you can't believe it if it's not peer reviewed. That's what science says. Yeah, science. And then uh, we got one more before we move on here. But uh, this, uh, <laughs> this video, 10 second video, um, uh, Tobias Elwood, I guess he's a reporter, uh, mm -hmm. let's slip the communist plans. Uh, no coronavirus vaccine, no go to places like beaches. We need to make sure that beaten, no beach is seen like we saw yesterday. Those scenes were unacceptable given this enduring pandemic. Until there's a vaccine, we should not be seeing behavior like this. Like going to the beach, that kind of behavior. No, we can't. We can't allow that. Without a vaccine or vaccine, without a vaccine, uh, we, we can't have this kind of behavior going to the beach. Yeah. So what, what was he saying? Is he saying we need a, a vaccine to go to the beach? Yes. Yeah. That's what's well, coming, I folks. Told you that. I know. But I mean, it's just more, more of the same and right. more, more of that, you know, guilt tripping people and man, the news media, it's just, <laughs> it's just so bad. I, I just really, really don't like it. Well, let's get the scoop, Gons. Let's uh, check in on one of our favorite four horsemen of the technocalypse and what he has to say 
about wet genes. Things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. Right into the vein. Right into the right vein. Into the vein. Right, into the vein. <laughs> right into the vein. Right into the vein. Right into the vein. Okay. CNN.com. Here we go. Bill oh, Gates, boy. U.S. not even close to doing enough to fight pandemic. Not oh. even close. Not even Bill close. Bill Gates says, people, get to pick up your game a little bit. The article reads, Microsoft founder Bill Gates said Thursday that the current coronavirus picture, both globally and in the U.S., is more bleak than he would have expected. That's pretty hard to believe, Bill Gates. Uh, <laughs> you, you, were, you were putting out quite a bleak message for a while there. I'm not sure if, you know, the extinction of the human race, uh, if you could get any more bleak than that. But if you say so, okay, yeah. more bleak than he would have expected. Speaking to CNN's Anderson Cooper and Dr. Sanjay Gupta in a coronavirus town hall, Gates said the fact that people are still dying in the U.S. today shows that the country is not even close to doing enough to fight the pandemic. Wait, wait hold on. Quote, hold on. Before mm-hmm. you go on, couldn't, couldn't you okay. say that about anything that kills people? Like any topic that, well, that continuously kills people. You can say, oh, the fact oh we're not, we're, the country's not doing people enough. People are still dying in the U.S. today. Yeah. I mean, car crash. <laughs> that mean, is people, interesting. People can use all kinds. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, go on. Well, I, I, the way that the article reads, it says, speaking to CNN's Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta in a coronavirus town hall, Gates said the fact that people are still dying in the U.S. today shows that the country is not even close to doing enough to find to fight the pandemic. He didn't say dying of coronavirus or dying <laughs> in connection to coronavirus, just the fact that we haven't solved immortality shows that we're not even close to doing enough to fight the pandemic. Mm, transhuman Quote, technocrat. Yes, it's possible to ramp up testing for a new pathogen very, very fast, he says. Okay. Uh, In fact, a number of countries did that extremely well in this case, and the technology keeps getting better there. The U.S. in particular hasn't had the leadership messages or coordination that you would have expected. Okay. If, (laughs) I mean, isn't he the leader? This is, (laughs) that's a good point. I thought Bill was the leader. Yeah, Bill's our leader. Come on, pick up your leadership messages. You know, that's the thing. When it comes to this coronavirus thing, it's all about leadership messages or coordination. Is it? I mean, come on. Isn't there anything else involved in uh, not getting sick than just leadership messages? Anyways, (laughs) eight weeks ago when Gates was uh, last a guest on CNN's town hall, the death toll in America stood at 63,000 with more than 1 million cases recorded. Today, those figures have doubled. There are at least 2.4 million confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. and more than 12,200 Sorry, 120. What the heck? 122,000 people have died, according to Johns Hopkins University data. Uh, that's interesting that it's it's only up to 122,000 now because we were significantly over 100,000 uh, eight weeks ago. But then yeah. actually, you know, Burks came out, a lot of people came out and admitted that they had not been counting this correctly. And on the CDC website, they, they about halved the number. Um, 
Again, this was about a month or two ago. Uh, but apparently now we've climbed back up to 122,000. Gates mm. attributed the rise in numbers to a lack of testing and contact tracing, as well as a lack of mask wearing. He Man. said other countries that had done those things effectively had seen numbers drop. Okay. But haven't the numbers um, dropped here too, technically? I mean, other than the surge that happened this week that everyone well, was freaking out about. Anyway. D- don't question... I'm sorry, I keep questioning the the Fauci Gates. You know, there's an interesting back and forth uh, on the topic of the the testing as well, because, of course, uh, Trump getting lambasted for his uh, quote that we're testing too fast. We need to slow down testing. You know, we've increased testing quite a bit. Then people saying that's bad. Don't slow down testing. And now Gates referring to a lack of testing and the contact tracing. I mean, everybody, pretty much everybody had a, uh, a, a, a software install without you knowing it, uh, for COVID-19, you know, contact tracing, uh, installed on your phone without your awareness. So now we still have a lack of testing and a lack of contact tracing, even though everybody automatically had it uh, updated on their phone. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Quote, the range of behaviors in the U.S. right now, some people being very conservative on what they do and some people ignoring the pandemic is huge, Gates said. Uh, Yes, epidemic. So, yeah, you know, there he goes. Even Gates saying right there, some people being very conservative in what they do, like not going out and, uh, you know, protesting and and things like that. And some people ignoring the epidemic, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people going out for a protest. Gates right there flipping the script. Mm. Yeah, Just he was quiet kidding. during of the. Of course, uh, <laughs> of course, he's not referring to that. Oh, I know, but he was he's, he was quiet during the whole uh, protest time. You know, yeah, like a good course, month or two months of protest time. He, he didn't. Was, yeah, he didn't want to get you know uh, called a racist. Uh, yeah, there you go. Now that that's died uh, down. Quote, some people almost feel like it's a political thing, which is unfortunate. He added something he says he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Something he says he didn't expect in America. (laughs) Bill, have you ever been to America? Everything is politicized. Plus, Uh, his his experience in America is probably a little different than most non-billionaires. He didn't go to a grocery store. Uh, I... uh, uh, the, he was on the Ellen show a little while ago. Uh, no, I just saw a video floating around of what he basically played. Uh, oh man. What's that? Basically like a version of the prices, right? Where he would guess the prices of um, oh, regular objects in the grocery store. And of course <laughs> is wildly wrong on everything. It reminds me, did you ever watch arrested development? Yes. Long time ago. <laughs> there, Yes, there was a there was a scene where Lucille Bluth, the the rich mother, <laughs> she says like, "Well, how much could a banana possibly be? Just go buy a banana. How much could it cost? Ten dollars, twenty five dollars." And that was like uh, Bill Gates uh, trying to guess how much a bag of Tostino's pizza rolls were. <laughs> All right, continuing. Gates dismissed the White House's claim that an increase in case numbers is a direct result of an increase in testing, calling it completely false. 
He also expressed disappointment with what he called a lack of U.S. leadership to tackle this virus globally, which was which has led to developing countries such as Brazil and India bearing the brunt of the disease. However, he said he remains hopeful that the U.S. will step up and get the tools, particularly the vaccine, out to everyone in the world. Push the vaccines. <laughs> America. <laughs> America will get the vaccine to everyone in the world. I'm surprised um, goes, it's political, but but I'm <laughs> but I'm really disappointed in our U.S. leadership. Come on, I'm, yeah, right. If only our leadership wasn't so bad. I don't know why anybody thinks this is political. Oh, I hate Trump so much. <laughs> CNN is so. Re- I mean, even the, in their written articles, they just contradict themselves like four or five times uh, within yeah. the written well, the written word is yeah what just as bad. There? Yeah, I know. It's just funny. Um, so then it goes into vaccine stuff. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do we want to finish out this article, or or will other want, stuff it's uh, fill in the gaps? It's pretty yeah. long, and I don't it's, think they. Well, it's not super long, but uh, maybe maybe skip through the vaccine stuff because we got more on that coming. But um, go down to the new normal section there. Yeah, this ends with a new normal. Asked whether society would accept this virus as a way of life. What? <laughs> like it has accepted mass shootings. What? What? Gates said he hopes not. Oh, CNN, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Asked whether society would accept this virus as a way of life, like it has accepted <laughs> mass shootings. Who has accepted mass shootings as a way of life? What are they talking about here? This, this is a false disgusting. Yeah. I know. This is the most disgusting <laughs> article. Ugh. Quote, Ugh. it's pretty severe. I hope the media continues to remind people of the tragedy that is represented here. Don't worry, Gates. They will. We will you never are. have a shortage of the media reminding us of this tragedy, uh, emphasizing the inequity of the disease against the elderly, minorities, and healthcare workers. Quote, right now, if you're in a nursing home, like if uh, your Democratic governor uh, in your state forced you to go to a nursing home <coughs> in New York because they're so worried, you're actually living almost in prison-like conditions, he said. That's no way to talk about your uh, Democrat-led states there, Gates. He said older people were right to be worried about getting this and possibly dying. Okay. Uh, quote, <laughs> This is more than the kids that died in Vietnam, and that was a great national tragedy, he said. We didn't ignore that. This is greater than that. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is this whole article should be called uh, Gates uh, and his false equivalencies. What is what That's now in be, uh... one article? What is this virus like? Well, this virus is like putting your grandma and grandpa in prison. Uh, this virus is like uh, Vietnam. School shootings. Um, this, this virus is like how we've all accepted mass shootings as a way of life. Uh, I don't know why it's so politicized. Uh, <laughs> this is just the most ridiculous. Uh, I know people know this already, but I hope somebody out there um, you know, I hope just taking the second to critically think about how this article is is written will uh, help influence somebody away from re- referring to CNN for every single piece of news. There you go. That's why I'm, I'm you listen to this show, people. I'm surprised it still happens. I'm I'm honestly surprised. You know, and really until the whole uh, 
the the race wars and the civil unrest, I felt like CNN was sort of dying out. You know, nobody was really paying attention to them anymore during like the whole mm-hmm. Corona thing. But uh, this, the, the whole, yeah, the whole civil unrest thing put them back on the map sort of. And, and now they got Bill Gates featured and stuff. And yeah, I mean, do they have, I mean, I don't know. Their editors must be just, I mean, obviously they're just as bad here because. You're talking about CNN? CNN, I'm sorry. Yeah, CNN. Well, they got, they got that little wake up call during the, uh, during the riots, you know, where the, right. the CNN headquarters got uh, tagged right. and <laughs> they right. had to put up a wall out front to make sure people didn't enter the building. Uh, you know, turning their back on their wall stance there. Yeah, yep. CNN. I think I think there is a greater number of people who are turning their back on CNN than yeah. uh, than we think. Yeah, for sure. I just like this sentence. He said older people were right to be worried about getting this and possibly dying. I mean, uh, <laughs> I yeah, know, it's just <laughs> okay. like a, yeah, like, of course, <laughs> I think most older people are, you know, have thought about the, the their demise. I mean, the older I yeah. get, I definitely think about it more. No fun. Well, in uh, connection with this, we don't need to redo uh, any uh, jingles or anything, but just in connection real briefly, uh, we'll yeah. head over to businessinsider.com with an article titled, Bill Gates says the final hurdle, the final hurdle to a COVID-19 vaccine will be ensuring that people actually use it. Um, and just to run through the bullet points of this, Bill Gates says a final hurdle to distributing a COVID-19 vaccine will be ins- ensuring that people decide to take it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the- a <laughs> sneaky way to say it, you know, we have to we ensure that sure they decide we will. <laughs> to take it. Yes. You still have free will, not- but... We're not going to force you to take it. We're just going to force you to decide to take it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Given the urgency of the pandemic, testing vaccine candidates with a wide variety of populations and age groups can prove challenging. No kidding. Uh, Still, Gates believes that a lot of people will take the vaccine when it becomes available and believes herd immunity can be achieved if 70 to 80 percent of people take it. That would be great. I hope, you know, whoever wants it can take it. And I hope I get to be in that 20 to 30 percent that uh, can, uh, you know, maybe scoot by it if I have the, the option. You know, I was, um, I was hoping uh, I was hoping that they, the business insider would have a little more credibility here. But then the f- very first sentence just uh, references Bill Gates and what he said in the recent interview with CNN. So there you go. There it you references go. back to that CNN article. Well, not the article oh, itself, but the interview. Yeah. That, yeah. uh, I mean, that should give it away. Bill Gates choosing to be on, on, on a, out of all the outlets he can do interviews on, he picks CNN. If that doesn't well, tell you that this is a that's, whole controlled message, then I, I don't know uh, what to tell you. They're, they're best buds. That's the thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. And one quick uh, connected uh, article here. Again, just to cruise through. This is on truepundit.com. So take that for what you will. Yeah. It says exclusive Bill Gates negotiated $100 billion contact tracing deal with Democratic Congress uh, man, sponsor of Bill, six months before coronavirus pandemic. So this is, uh, yeah, this is kind of interesting. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation helps negotiate who would score a $100 billion government-backed contract 
uh, sorry, backed contact tracing contract in August of 2019, six months before the pandemic arrived in the United States and four months before it swept through China. The shocking revelations were unveiled on the Thomas Paine podcast. A oh, little plug for somebody else's podcast there. Whoopsies. And the more pain show on Patreon uh, by the two investigators who blew the whistle on the massive Clinton Foundation tax fraud during a congressional hearing. So obviously this is a right leaning outlet here. Uh, John Moynihan and Larry Doyle testified in Congress detailing the fraud and schemes utilized by the Clintons to avoid paying up to two point five billion in federal uh, taxes the investigative duo in their first interview okay so this is we're just advertising another podcast here uh, yeah da, 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 da. Uh, it's it's interesting and and if you want to dig more into the Bill Gates stuff and if you haven't uh, definitely go over to the Corbett report it's probably the best place I've seen right to bring together all the factual informations and he and he actually just uh, published a another video uh, sort of refuting the debunks because there was a lot of uh, people messaging him like, Oh, why would you promote debunked information? And he sort of deconstructed how the debunk itself is very much not a, uh, a legitimate debunk. It's more of a misdirection or a little sure. uh, sidestepping and, and, you know, not directly addressing the claims being made um, in scientific papers too, you know, about Bill Gates and his dealings in Africa and stuff like that. So uh, with the polio vaccine and and all that stuff. So if you want to really get into it, there's plenty of information out there. But uh, yeah, James Corbett, Corbett Report, check that out. I'd rather promote the the Corbett Report than the uh, Thomas Paine thing. But I, you know, the sure. headline was was uh, enticing enough just to get the the idea out there that there's uh, a lot of political movement here from Bill Gates. Uh, yeah, you know, just and even though uh, he's surprised, it's all political. Yeah, and the this is all connected to HR six 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 for the contact tracing and things like that, and obviously Bill Gates involved in that in many ways. Yes. Um, okay, that's enough about Bill for now. For now, you'll be back, Bill. 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 Bill Gates. This is cbsnews.com, and uh, I I don't remember if I had this video ready to go, but this is basically UK launches human trial for COVID-19 vaccine, or vaccine. It is just a video. I thought I had a written article here. Should I play the clip? Yeah, let's see what it it says. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus has transformed all our lives, and although restrictions are easing, there's only one certain way out of the pandemic, one way to protect us all from the virus, to return society to normal, and that's a vaccine. Never has science responded so fast to a global health threat. What usually takes years has been done in months. There are now more than 120 coronavirus vaccines in early development. 13 have begun human trials, five in China, three in the United States, two in the UK, and one each in Australia, Germany, and Russia. We'll need several to work if there's to be enough doses to protect seven billion people on the planet. After Oxford University, now Imperial College London is the latest to begin trials. 
Kathy, who's 39, is one of 300 volunteers who will receive the Imperial vaccine. She'll get a second booster dose in four weeks. Why did you volunteer? I think it came from not really knowing what I could do to help, um, and this turned out to be something that I could do, and understanding that it's not likely that things will get back to normal until there is a vaccine, so wanting to be part of that progress as well. If the safety trial goes well, a further 6,000 volunteers will be immunised in the autumn. Trials might also need to happen overseas, in virus hotspots, because that's the only way researchers will know for sure if it offers protection. I wouldn't be working on this trial if I didn't feel cautiously optimistic that we will see great immune responses in our participants. But there's still a long way to go to evaluate this vaccine. This is a really unusual vaccine. The synthetic genetic code it contains should instruct muscle cells to produce the spike protein found on the surface of coronavirus. That should prompt the creation of antibodies. And that army of antibodies should remain on guard in case of future exposure to coronavirus. And if it works, prevent infection. Because it's all created artificially, with no need to grow any virus, the vaccine can be manufactured on a huge and concentrated scale. It means that we can make the equivalent of two million doses in the volume of, of a litre. So you imagine a litre bottle of lemonade, that would have two million doses Jesus. in it. So when you want to start making vaccine for the world, if this is successful, and that's still a big if, it makes it so much more tractable because you don't have to build a factory the size of several warehouses. Imperial College say they could have enough doses ready to immunise 40 million people in the UK by next summer. But trials must first show the vaccine is safe and effective. There you go. UK launches human trial for COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, interesting points about the synthetic part of this and just right. how little the liquid, of, you know, they need to actually, you know, get it around and, and shoot people up with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. The route that they're having to take mostly because of the speed at which they're trying to get this out and over a hundred different vaccines being worked on right now. The, the one weird thing that kind of weirded me out was we're hoping that multiple of these vaccines, you know, we're working on so many and we're doing that because for, we couldn't, manufacture enough of one working vaccine so we need to manufacture a bunch of different kinds of vaccines yeah i that i didn't quite understand i mean if you if you honestly do find one that works why would you even bother trying to manufacture others why wouldn't you just put the same resources to manufacturing the one that works yeah. So, you know, and of course, it's there's so much money tied up in this thing. And that's the reason why there's so many people working on it, because whoever can find the one that works is going to be a bajillionaire. Um, <laughs> right. Which is, yeah. you know, it's a part of the problem with with having a, a profit driven vaccine market. Yeah. And, and along those lines, uh, you brought up a point that actually was uh, part of the next uh, story here, which is from mirror.co.uk vaccine professor at uh, Oxford University says little chance proving if it works. And um, this article is very interesting. A coronavirus vaccine professor at Oxford University says there is now little chance 
of proving if it works due to low transmission rates in the UK. Mm. Professor Sarah Gilbert, leading the University of Oxford uh, vaccine trial, said that when COVID-19 transmission was high, lockdown was imposed to bring the rate down. But since the rates have dropped and the trial relies on a sufficient number of volunteers to have been exposed to the virus to see whether a vaccine protects them or not. However, if their chances of being in contact with an infected person are low, it will take a long time to demonstrate the efficacy of a vaccine candidate. Professor Gilbert told the House of Lords Science and Technology Committee, quote, of course, what happened was that because it transmission actually increased much more rapidly than anybody thought was going to happen. We had the lockdown, which fortunately reduced transmission. Quote, not so fortunate for those of us trying to develop vaccines in the UK. So unfortunate that they locked everything down because <laughs> we now have essentially a very large safety immunogenicity study running in the UK with little chance, frankly, of determining efficacy. She added that the researchers' approach was to work with multiple different countries in different settings to give them the best chance of seeing efficacy in at least one of those countries. The committee heard uh, the Oxford team is already running a trial in Brazil because the numbers of transmissions are much higher than in the UK. Quote, as soon as we get a signal of efficacy and can compare that to the level of immunity that we are generating, that gives all vaccine developers really helpful information to let them know whether their vaccines are likely to work as well and whether it will be one dose or two doses and in older people and in younger people, she said. And uh, some pictures of people getting getting shot up. Quote, so the first efficacy signal is going to be really important. And as yet, we don't know which country will be generating that. Professor Gilbert and Professor Robin Shattuck, who is leading the Imperial College of London trial, said they were optimistic about their vaccine approaches, but cautioned that optimism should be balanced against known risk of success. Professor Shattuck said vaccine success rates, quote, tend to be about 10% once you start clinical testing. 10%. Oh, interesting. But yeah. added, quote, I think in the UK, we are very lucky that we have two vaccine candidates that are already in clinical evaluation. We think that probably both of those will work individually. And then the quote continues here, continues, we also have the opportunity to have a look at them in combination which I probably think nobody currently globally is thinking about. Prof no. Gilbert agreed. <laughs> Prof Gilbert agreed with Prof Shattuck saying that if necessary, quote, we can combine the vaccines to get something that works even better. Uh, she added, the aim is to protect the population. That doesn't mean the vaccination has to be 100% effective. Even with a 50% efficacy, we can actually go a long way to protect the population. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not like a virologist you know, or a chemist, but it's just weird that her mindset is like, Oh, if you have two that kind of work together, we can combine them into this ultra vaccine <laughs> that will work <laughs> so right. perfectly. Oh, I love ice cream and I love ketchup. Put them together. <laughs> It'll make it even better. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's, I don't see that sounds like something who that someone who knows nothing about vaccines and science that sounds like something they would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I barely know enough to talk about it, uh, you know, intelligently, but it's like, hey, if this one works and this one works, put them together. 
<laughs> they both if if it works 50% for this one and 50% for that one, well, we know what 50 equals plus 50 100%. equals. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not at, not at all how this works. Not even yeah. as a layman I can probably say that that that's not how this works at all. But anyway, there you go. Uh, okay. Oxford University, very skeptical of the whole situation, but that's not the only place that's uh, getting the whole uh, waxing situation. No. Okay, let's go to PBS.org. And the title of the article is Africa's First Vaccination Trials Begin for COVID-19. Johannesburg. Africa's first participation in a COVID-19 vaccine trial started Wednesday as nervous volunteers received injections. While officials said the continent of 1.3 billion people cannot be left behind. The large-scale trial of the vaccine developed at the University of Oxford in Britain is being conducted in South Africa, Britain, and Brazil. South Africa has nearly one-third of Africa's confirmed cases with more than 106,000 including more than uh, 2,100 deaths. The country late Tuesday reported its biggest one-day death toll of 111. Quote, I feel a little bit scared, but I want to know what is going on with this vaccine so that I can tell my friends and others what is going on with the study. One of the vaccine trial volunteers, Junior Molongo, said in Johannesburg, the African continent now has nearly 325 5,000 cases as countries loosen restrictions under economic pressure from citizens who say they have to feed their families. Shortages of testing materials and medical supplies remain a problem as Africa could become the world's next hotspot. The pandemic was delayed in Africa, quote, but is picking up speed very quickly. The Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Chief John Nkingasong said uh, Wednesday with a steep increase in the number of cases and deaths. Quote, unless we act now, Africa is at risk of being left behind on the global vaccine. He warned a continental discussion and urged that local manufacturing and scientific expertise play a key role. Cameroon, Uganda, Tanzania, Kenya, and South Africa all have highly developed cl clinical trial capabilities, said Salim Abdul Karim, chair of South Africa's Ministerial Advisory Committee for COVID-19. Many other sub-Saharan African countries have also Oh, sorry, also have clinical trial capacity, said Daniel Bausch, director of the UK Public Health Rapid Support Team. Quote, we're not only needing, but capable of participating. As the world races for a vaccine, South Africa's health minister, Zweli Mckizi said... African leaders have been outspoken about the continent being elbowed out in the intense global competition for medical supplies in this pandemic, as well as what the World Health Organization's Africa chief, Machidiso Moeti, called the, quote, distortion of the global market for key items. Uh, who the WHO chief Tedros Adhanom uh, Ghebreyesus urged that the initial supply of any COVID-19 vaccine be deployed where it's most needed rather than based on the ability to pay. 
Good luck with that one. Tedros also announced that as of this week, all 54 of Africa's countries now have the lab capacity to test for coronavirus. In February, just two African nations could test for the virus. The continent's first virus case was reported on February 14th. So there you go. Going into full-scale vaccine testing in South Africa, Gons. South Africa, which we have a, a, a tangent story here. Uh, you know, just just a coincidence, I'm sure. Uh, this is briefly.co.za. South Africa gets its first satanic church, which includes <laughs> baptism and weddings. He's a coincidence? <laughs> coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> first human testing, first satanic church. Oh, I don't know. Boy. It's all context, oh, boy. right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting how, you know, the mass testing of these vaccines is actually happening in Africa. I mean, they're trying out some (laughs) vaccines on very small groups of people in Britain, um, but it sounds like they're trying to do a a much bigger testing sample in South Africa, Yeah, um, which I don't know why they are not as careful with you know, uh, that, but you know, what are you gonna it's do? kind of a, that uh, depending on what side of the political aisle you fall on, especially with the recent civil, uh, civil unrest type stuff, mm-hmm. this is like the great, it's a great thing or it's like a horrible thing, you know, depending on the information, you know, because yeah. if you're, if you're kind of a lib Joe type, it's like, Oh, this is great. You know, the, the African content, they should get, Right. Uh, the vaccines first, you know, and then if you're if you're aware of all the stuff that Bill Gates has done over there, and just the 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 skepticism of this yeah. whole scientific dictatorship, it's like, why are they going to Africa first? <laughs> it's like yeah, the worst. Well, it's like the most racist thing you can do, you know. Uh, yeah, well, and that's the problem too, because it's it's not even conspiracy theory. It's, no, no, it's it's publicly known, documented, uh, mainstream media reported issues. Where, you know, when a new vaccine or, you know, Bill Gates's record of going out and shoving these needles into, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people in less developed countries, that's just sick. Because, uh, yeah. you know, you get the big numbers over there. You you really find out what the percentages of, uh, you know, ill side effects are. And then you decide what to do from there. But, you know, this is it's one of the great conundrums, the, the one of the great backwards, you know, backwards uh, aspects of specifically, you know, Bill Gates and his vaccine setup throughout the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he's been kicked out of a bunch of countries. He's not even allowed to go to some of these countries. Didn't Russia? I think Russia like banned him and ban like tried to ban Microsoft and the whole yeah, deal well, over there too. And you had the uh, the Italian the Italians, yeah, the Italian uh, parliament calling for his <laughs> arrest for international crimes against humanity. I think he's. <laughs> I, I, he got kicked out of India. I know that there's a bunch of political leaders in Africa who don't like the guy. I mean, how does he stay at the top of the heap over here? People just don't pay attention is what it is. Yeah. I, I see on uh, Twitter all the time too, especially people that are, you know, unaware. Like I, I, I hear all, I read all the social media about Gil, Gil Bates, Gil Bates. <laughs> Bill, Bill Gates killing people in Africa. Where's the proof? Yeah. Where's the proof, people? It's like, well, 
I mean, you just got to read some scientific papers and connect some dots, you know, but all over the, try reading and try reading some news, not just not from CNN, but read it from other countries. I mean, yeah, these, yeah. these countries themselves are reporting this in mainstream yeah, they outlets. Are. <laughs> they are. It's pretty, mm. it's pretty wild. Um, before we go into the break, I do want to play this here. Uh, this is a Florida woman argues against masks by bringing up the devil Bill Gates, Hillary Clinton, the pedophiles, 5G, and the deep state. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite the rant here. Um, and um, if, you, if you're just listening, she does sound, she, does, she has a very familiar voice uh, to a, a, a popular or famous uh, congresswoman. You literally cannot mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And my, the people, we the people, are waking up. And we know what citizen's arrest is. Because citizen's arrests are already happening. Okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. And you, doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. Every single one of you have a smirk behind that little mask but every single one of you are going to get punished by god you cannot you cannot escape god you cannot escape god i'm gonna say that again you cannot escape god not even with the mask or six feet okay six feet like i said before is military protocol you're trying to get the people to train them so when the the cameras the 5g comes out what they're, they're going to they're gonna scan everybody. We got to get scanned. We got to get temperatured. The kids have to go to school with masks. Are you insane? Are you crazy? I think all of you should be in a psych ward right the heck now. Because none of you, none of you know what the hell you are all talking about. This is insane. And then you want to open this meeting with a prayer to God. Are you praying to the devil? Because God is not listening to that prayer. Because all of you are practicing the devil's law. What happened to Bill Gates? Why is he not in jail? Why is Hillary Clinton not in jail? Why are all of the, all of these pedophiles that are demanding you all to, to listen to their rules? Why are they not in jail? Oh, is it because you're part of them? Thank are you, you part of the deep your state? Time has expired. The deep state is going and down. And if any of you are morning. in the deep state, you're going down. <laughs> there you go. She's goes off there, but <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, a very familiar voice, Gons. I know it's like a they they we got like a right wing uh, AOC clone or something <laughs> yeah. to to flip sides or something. It's very yeah, interesting. It really is very very AOC like. I like yeah. how she uh, she held back and said heck at one point, but then couldn't at one point. Yeah, couldn't contain couldn't, it later on. Couldn't contain it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You know, I, but it's. I, yeah, I go both ways on this one because on one hand, it's like she's she's definitely more aware of what's going on, and you know, go, you know, go good for her for getting up there and and really you know sticking it yeah. to these people up there. On the other hand, this only reinforces from the opposite the opposition's point of view that yeah. these people over here are crazy. They're all just yeah. crazy, you know. Yeah. And so th- man, it's just uh, I, I don't know if it's going to do any good really uh, in the no. end, but. At least, uh, at least she got up there and, and did her thing. So uh, it's it's venting and it's putting it out there. And of course, people who know what she's talking about get pumped on it. But yeah, right. you take the position of, uh, you know, just a normal person. You know, and I don't mean to say normie compared, compared to abnormal, but yes, a normie. You take the normie, normie. position, and uh, yeah, she would sound completely uh, out of control. I I will say, you know. Uh, 
if you're trying to stand up and, and actually cause some change uh, or s- something, I mean, it, it would be difficult for a normie or a, a politician to hear that person and be like, you know what? I think she's got a great point. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. When, when, when she's coming at you like that, that, yeah. But yeah. You, know, you never know. You never know when maybe if it gets through to one person who's, who's up there and feels very convicted about some of this stuff, eh, you never know. Well, the but, problem uh, is the the problem is again going back to the the normie perspective is you know it's one thing to to try to call out uh, some inconsistencies and back it up with uh, evidence. It's another thing to kind of just yell at someone and tell them they're worshiping the devil. Uh, yeah, that I, yeah. that doesn't really work very often. But uh, as a sound clip and for. People who agree with her, it's definitely a, a hype clip for sure. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, we got, gods. Uh, well, break. let's take a quick break. It's break time. Oh. Come on, take a break. Looks Come like on. I was kicked off the uh, the chat. Yeah, I hold still on. got mine going, so it's okay, still well, going. You just connect to it. All right, hold on one second here. You you do your thing. I'm gonna try to uh, okay fix this real quick. Sounds oh, good. My, what happened? Whoa, <laughs> yeah, I can see it uh, on the stream. <laughs> That's fun. Well, uh, don't go anywhere, people, because we're just gonna take a real quick break. But after the break, we're gonna be talking about Chaz, some big, huge, uh, honking Chaz news. Chaz chop. Uh, things have turned a corner and some pretty interesting uh, turn of events happening up there in Seattle, Washington, uh, as well as a little, some updates on the beast system and another little four horse. We got to see what Elon's up to. So don't go anywhere. But before we do that, we want to thank some of the people who are supporting what we're going for over here, especially over on Twitch. Again, we uh, continue to try to hit our goals over on Twitch. Uh, so we want to thank those those people who are following us there. Um, I know, you know what? Some people get angry when we thank the Twitch people, but you know what the antidote to that is? Just join Twitch, follow us on Twitch. We'll give you a shout out as well. Um, let's see. So, Gons, I don't know what you're doing over there, but if you got a dinger ready, I got some good usernames for you to ding. It's ready. Okay. This is the first one. They actually came in during uh, last uh episode but uh definitely on the top list of twitch users who are following us are you ready it's baz boys baz boys what you gonna do (laughs) (laughs) i like that Uh, yeah baz boys baz boys my baz boys out there that's fun i like that all right moving on we got spy the liar we got rainy days, rainy days, 75. We got Reafem. We got what name one? What name one? Oh, what happened? Here it is. We got Cody's Twitch account. <laughs> uh, done is me. We got down with the NWO. I like it. Brother Zug. Brother Zug. The Wire Online. Ashy Blue. <laughs> that cool me guy. Or my guy. Uh, Jamunjan 21. 
Sharon Ma 00. Sarah Connor. Ooh, Sarah Connor, does she time travel? Sarah Connor is here. Mayfly for Yahweh here. Uh, Lore 307. Ooh, I'm gonna try my best at this. I'm just gonna take a running start. Takisaneta by color. Tachisanita. Oh man. Uh, Dale Bataglia. Dale Bataglia. For all eyes to see. And one last one, Hardy Scouser. All right. Thank you very much for following us and watching live over on Twitch. Uh, they've made uh, uh, they've made available once we hit our goal some f- some really fun tools to uh, increase the quality of the show, make some fun uh, little interactive elements, and we can't wait until we uh, get that stuff going. But you can help us get there and help Gons and I support ourselves uh, by heading over to Twitch.tv/CanaryCryRadio. That's Twitch.tv/slash canary cry radio uh you'll help us climb the charts and help us hit those viewer goals remember most of our goals are based on live viewers uh on twitch during a live broadcast um and you know it's also a good idea there's a couple other reasons one being uh youtube has basically turned their back uh on both of us but especially gons you know someone who has been a, a quality content creator for many years uh bringing in millions and millions of views for YouTube um, and suddenly they turn around demonetize they cut our streams they delete videos do all sorts of nasty stuff so we recommend that everybody uh, especially if you're watching over on YouTube if you could find it in your heart to watch live on Twitch go to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio but at the very least you should follow us on Twitch as a backup uh, because you never know when uh, you'll just stop getting notified notifications from youtube when uh, the streams will just stop so uh, keep that in mind Uh, again we'll throw the link in the chat for anybody who wants to uh, you know give us that warm fuzzy feeling by following us over on twitch and uh, that's about it i wanted to what else did i want to do I wanted to uh, take this time just so we don't have to do it uh, on the second break of the show to uh, mention reviews over on iTunes uh, or Stitcher or wherever you follow the podcast. Remember, we do the this uh, we put out a podcast version of this live stream uh, for every episode. The sound quality is significantly better, and uh, we are looking for people to leave ratings and reviews. It helps spread the show. Helps. Uh, Helps us uh, get the show in front of more people. And we are only three reviews away from 100 reviews on uh, on iTunes specifically for Canary Cry News Talk. So if you could, go out there, uh, search Canary Cry News Talk on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. Let's get up to 100 reviews. That would be super fun. And if we do it during the show here, um, I will well, – let's read out uh, – the reviews will give some shout outs if that happens during the show so how many how um, many do we have on the canary cry radio stream I oh think we have quite tons. a bit yeah like of 800 or something yeah, um, but we have 90 97 reviews on uh, canary cry news talk remember a rating is leaving stars uh, but a review is words words telling us why you like the show or not like the show um, but three more and we're up to 100 so that's a fun little milestone um yeah 
There we go. All right, Gons, anything else for this break? Mm, oh, I just looked it up here. 873 ratings and reviews for Canary Cry Radio. So that's that's good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. News talk well behind on the yes. on numbers. Well, that we'll that is there. how time works. <laughs> um. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Based on your uh, day week confusion, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. You know, guns. I time is nothing but a a a medium in which to travel for me. Um, you know, I don't experience time in the same linear fashion as uh, you do, but that's okay. I don't. Yeah, I won't right. hold it against you. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about uh, Chaz? <laughs> Let's get back into the show. Let's do Chaz. In the zone. Capitol Hill. Zone. Chaz stinks. Wake All up, right. sleepyhead. Didn't we have the jingle? To oh, come that's out right. Of? Yes, yes, sorry. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake yes. up. Yes, yes, it's wake up time. Um, okay, let's start out here with the Seattle Times. I actually um, have three Seattle Times articles. Well, two. One of them, I have tabs for um, one that they up, updated the, the headline. I'll get into that in a minute here. But Okay, you uh, want to take a couple first days. One, yeah, so this was from the 24th, so before they uh, before today, which is uh, not the most compelling thing to say there, but seattletimes.com on the 24th, Capitol Hill residents and businesses sue city of Seattle for failing to disband CHOP. Whoa. They call it CHOP instead of Chaz there. A group of Capitol Hill residents and businesses filed a class action lawsuit Wednesday against the city of Seattle for the extensive harm they faced as a result of CHOP, or the Capitol Hill Organized Protest. Demonstrators have occupied several blocks around the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct and Cal Anderson Park for about two weeks. Since the police left the precinct following standoffs and clashes with protesters calling for racial justice and an end to police brutality, uh, Calfo Yakes LLP, the law firm representing the group, said in a statement, the lawsuit is, quote, not a step their clients have taken lightly adding that they stand with the Black Lives Matter movement and support demonstrators' rights to free speech and assembly. The plaintiffs include owners of apartment buildings in the area and local businesses such as Cartender, which we reported on. Remember the the guy that was... Um, oh, yeah. They, they came after him and knocked down the fence and all that, uh, which was right outside the actual zone, if you remember, uh, Basil. Uh-huh. Uh, Northwest Liquor and Wine, Sage Physical Therapy, and Tattoos and Fortune. The lawsuit seeks unspecified damages. Quote, this lawsuit does not seek to undermine CHOP participants' message or present a counter message, the lawsuit says. Rather, this lawsuit is about the constitutional and other legal rights of plaintiffs, which have been overrun by the uh, city of Seattle's unprecedented decision to abandon and close off an entire city neighborhood, leaving it unchecked by the police, unserved by fire and emergency health services, Uh, excuse me, and inaccessible to the public at large. In a statement to the Seattle Times, a spokesperson for the city attorney's office said they haven't received the lawsuit yet, but when they do, they will review it and respond accordingly. The lawsuit blames the city for aiding CHOP occupants by providing them with stronger barriers, public restroom facilities, and medical supplies. It also mentions that residents and business owners now have difficulty accessing their buildings, receiving deliveries, and providing services to customers with elderly and disabled community members facing magnified obstacles. Quote, the result of the city's action had, uh, has been lawlessness, the Calfo Yakes statement said. There is no public safety 
presence, police officers will not enter the area unless it is a life or death situation. And even in those situations, the response is delayed and muted if it comes at all. Residents and business owners feel unsafe in their neighborhood because of the lack of public safety assistance, the lawsuit says, citing police's delayed response uh, response times after recent shootings in the area. The complaint also lists individual businesses' stories and uh, gets into some of the stories there, so we don't have to go over all that. But there you go. A couple days ago, Capitol Hill residents and businesses sue the city of Seattle uh, for failing to disband CHOP. And uh, this comes at a time maybe... Um, <laughs> Before the damages or the, uh, the, the, the you know, amount of uh, money that they seek increases, it seems like they try to do something about it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it was on the last show we were talking about uh, things starting to look like they were going to break up, maybe the numbers falling, and then some big changes happening. We had uh, Jenny Durkin make the pledge that she was going to, uh, you know, d d disband and take back the area. And then the day after that, the day after the show, uh, some big news happened. So let's uh, go to seattletimes.com. Um, oh, this article kind of changed as well, but we'll, we'll just go for it. Uh, the article is titled Mail, <laughs> Mail. Mayor Durkin meets with protesters after city thwarted from removing barricades at CHOP. Protesters whoa, appear to have whoa. thwarted, at least temporarily, Seattle Department of Transportation's plans to move concre remove concrete barriers that have defined the edges of Capitol Hill organized protest or CHOP for several weeks. Okay, so it looks like we've made the full switch over to CHOP from Chaz there. Well, that plus what I'm not seeing the article you're reading because the one I had was initially titled City of Seattle appeared ready to remove CHOP barricades, which was then updated later that day or later today, actually. Uh, yeah. The headline changed to Seattle began removing CHOP barricades, but met significant resistance, city said. And now there's a new new headline or did it completely change yeah, the article? There's a new one. That's crazy. I'm doing a you live a refresh here. Oh, yeah. I, live refresh. Yeah. Mayor Durkin meets with protesters they after keep city doing this. This has been happening a lot lately yeah, where they will some, just um, change articles right beneath our noses. You know, you know, it's ironic about this and uh, what would what? actually solve a lot of this uh, in terms of, uh. you know, because this is kind of it's a little bit of news speak in terms of you know changing the news on a given link, right. but uh, this right here would change block, it. Block, 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 blockchain that would make it so it makes it very difficult <laughs> to yes. change and update stuff. News but anyway, on the blockchain that's right. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I don't know what this article says because they changed it since literally right before the show. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, let's find out yeah, what they're okay. saying now. <laughs> Mayor Durkin meets with protesters after city thwarted from removing barricades at CHOP. Protesters appear to have been thwarted, at least temporarily. Seattle uh, Department of Transportation's plans to remove concrete barriers that have defined the edges of Capitol Hill, organized protest, or CHOP for several weeks. Crews arrived early in the morning with trucks and machinery to remove the barriers at 12th Avenue and Pike Street. But at least one pro protester laid down in the street in front of a piece of equipment, and oh after boy. a few hours, crews backed away. Interesting. Very Employees China. Were Yes, well, very yeah, some old school eco warrior moves there. Yeah, you will not steal my concrete barrier. 
employees were met with, quote, significant resistance by protesters who grew increasingly agitated and aggressive Uh towards city workers uh, from Seattle Parks and Recreation, Seattle Department of Transportation and Seattle Public Utilities. A city spokesperson said in an email statement, quote, safety is the city's first priority and planning is ongoing for how safely transition the Capitol Hill area. Mayor Jenny Durkin began a meeting with protesters around 3 p.m. at First African Methodist Episcopal Church on 14th Avenue. Fire Chief Harold Scoggins and Andre Taylor, an activist against police violence whose brother was killed by Seattle police in 2016, were also in the meeting. Earlier in the afternoon, workers with the city's parks department moved through Bobby Morris Playfield and Cal Anderson Park, picking up trash and asking people in tents if they had anything to discard. Within 10 minutes, pickup trucks bed uh, was filled with trash bags. People in the encampment said they were on edge over rumored threats that the city would conduct a sweep of the camp, breaking it up. There's also been a nightly deployment of fireworks. One resident, a man named Owl Medicine. <laughs> Is he one of the superheroes? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that caught me by surprise. Uh, One resident, a man named Owl Medicine, said he believed the city is keeping people sleep deprived to keep them on edge. Quote, no one knows what's happening, he said. There's no communication to chop as a unit. He believes Durkin should give the camp's residents a warning before dismantling it because that's the only way there can be peace and safety. Uh, Durkin did give you a warning that she was going to be dismantling it, but okay. Scoggins, the fire chief, walked through the protest zone Friday afternoon and met with demonstrators who questioned him about emergency responses. One One man said that one day he was trying to help a woman in the area who was in mental distress, but medics wouldn't come to the location, which was past the zone's perimeter, to help. He asked the fire chief to explain why. I can't explain that, Scoggins said. Wow, just very direct to the point. (laughs) He's not trying to uh, fluff anybody's button here. Uh, He added that Seattle police... Whoa. Whoa, whoa, sorry, I've completely lost control. He added that Seattle police and not the fire department would have been called to respond to such an emergency. Rick, oh, what is going on? Sorry. I hear cats. I hear Yes, the cat's going nuts. My VR hand is going nuts. All right. Oh, (laughs) this cat has come to visit. Yes. Rick Hearns, who has been uh, been in the protest zone for days, said that he didn't that it didn't matter if the barricades were removed. He said he is more concerned about the East precinct and said that if anyone came to remove that area or take back the precinct, that the protesters planned to link arms without weapons. The mayor's <laughs> sorry. I'm just trying to, down, I'm trying to tell the cat to go away. Down. And cat speak. She needs to take a seat on my lap here. Uh, the mayor's office said Seattle to peace police department had no plans to return to the east precinct on friday omari salisbury a journalist who has been live streaming from the protests for weeks said representatives from s dot and mayor jenny durkin's office were talking with protesters around 6 a.m about which barriers could be removed and they said they'd be back in a few hours as of 10.30 a.m., the equipment had been moved down 12th Avenue away from the chop, per- chop perimeter. 
Protesters who have been staying in tents in front of the East Precinct were eating breakfast and discussing next steps. Salisbury said the city has been negotiating with protesters over logistics such as portable toilets and trash pickup. It was nothing new for SDOT to be there taking, uh, talking to the protesters, but it was new to have someone from the mayor's office present, Salisbury said. East Pine Street near 12th. Uh, Avenue was calm. The hot dog stand was open for business and a man was selling T-shirts with chop on them for $10. (laughs) That's capitalist. There's no room for capitalism and chop. Yeah, super capitalist. What the heck? Uh, Water faucets within chop set up by the uh, Seattle Public Utilities had either been turned off by Friday morning or were not working. Friday is also a deadline for the city to document its plan to address chop in response to a class action lawsuit filed this week by a group of Capitol Hill residents and businesses who say they faced extensive harm as a result of the protest. According to the letter from the group, the city has until the end of Friday to respond before the group files uh, for injunctive relief, the letter said. Um, Let's see, one last little thing. The mayor's office said in the email statement that city staff is offering social services and a resource hub to people sleeping in Cal Anderson and encouraging them to leave and encouraging them to leave. So, you can yes, sleep here, but leave. <laughs> please like leave. Bed and breakfast. Please get out of our park. Um, so, yeah, we've seen the slow disintegration of CHOP uh, over this week, starting out with uh, Mayor Jenny Durkin uh, saying that they're going to start taking steps to take it back. Um, and, you know, beginning to uh, take away the the traffic halting barriers that were once uh, surrounding the area. Now, something interesting, Gons, it's, and it's really hard to track this when they keep switching out articles and stuff. And another example of this, yesterday, a Twitter account called Chop Official SEA for Seattle uh, put out a tweet, a very interesting tweet, had uh, thousands of responses. And I'm glad I took I took a uh, a, a, I have a picture here um, of a part of the statement. Uh, I did not expect what happened next, which was that uh, Twitter handle got suspended so I can no longer access the tweet. Uh, in its entirety, but basically this tweet was chop official SEA uh, coming out and saying, okay, we're disbanding. We did a great job. Everybody be proud. Uh, It's the time has come to dismantle chop and to move our activism online and keep taking action. You know, this was a victory. We did it, but we're going to stop doing it now. Uh, And then it ended with this paragraph that I will read you now. Thank you to everyone for your support over the last two weeks and congratulations on your victories. You should feel proud. Let's not let this momentum die. Please remember to continue supporting the kind of revolutionary change we just created by voting for Joe Biden as (laughs) president of the United States in November and Jay Inslee as governor of Washington, and despite our occasional differences, we believe Jenny Durkin has stepped up and shown the leadership that will help us heal. We urge you to vote to reelect her in 2021. 
Wow. Now Joe remember, Jay and Jenny. Joe J and Jenny. We got to vote Joe J and Jenny back. Remember, this was a a uh, a protest to police violence. They at one point were calling for Jenny Durkin to resign, calling her a terrible mayor, saying she was a traitor, all of these sorts of things. And now suddenly they decide to disband Chop and. Uh, completely turn a 180 and call for the re-election of Jenny Durkin. Now, I spent uh, about 20, 25 minutes just scrolling through the Twitter thread uh, uh, of this statement, which was mainly filled with conservatives um, taking jabs at CHOP. Uh, but there was a lot of people claiming that this at CHOP official SEA was a fake account, um, I couldn't find anybody saying that the information was false, but a lot of people were just saying, you know, never give up the fight. This is fake. Uh, that type of thing. Um, right. along with some just general support, like great job guys. We're so proud of you mixed in there. Oh, this cat is attacking my microphone. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that the, uh, <laughs> the, the protest that called for the, the re- resignation of Jenny Durkin and the, you know, all sorts of problems, um, with, they even had problems with Jay Inslee as well. And suddenly it, the whole thing turns into a campaign platform for Joe, Jay and Jenny, which I don't think comes as a surprise to anybody. Um, but kind of was a little bit of a shameful 180 uh, as far as calling for the re-election of Jenny Durkin. Now, of course, the suspicion is that, uh, you know, maybe Jenny, the the mayor, made a deal to, uh, right. you know, get peacefully uh, get them out of there without putting anybody in jail and maybe uh, transferred some money um, in exchange you. for getting uh, a you know, another election in the bag, but I'm telling you, she, in the middle of the night, she went in riding a horse and, and met with the protesters, <laughs> you and of her, Chaz, Jenny on the with horse a, with a giant bag of, of cash on her shoulder. <laughs> and she said, here you go. You just gotta, all you gotta do is sing this song, uh, and, and on your Twitter account. Got hairy legs. Got hairy legs. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I this was very interesting. And especially, this is so crazy. First, all those articles are getting replaced uh, during the show. And then uh, I go back today to grab that, uh, to open up that tweet for the show today. And the account suspended. Uh, that account is still referenced in a bunch of CNN articles, too. So I don't know mm. exactly what's going on. But uh, there you go. I, I actually, at this point, as... As has been the issue the whole time with Chop, uh, I don't know exactly what's happening in there. I can't tell if they're actually going to shut it down or not. Uh, they probably will at a certain point. I That's think they, what I would think. They have to. That's what I would yeah. think. Yeah. Well, gone. Speaking yeah. of the beast system. Speaking of the beast system. Now, the question was asked uh, this week, actually. Why aren't the police using any of those fancy New World Order sonic weapons on protesters? And, well, here you go. This is Salon.com. The article's titled, uh, Police are using sonic weapons against protesters (laughs) that can cause permanent hearing loss. 
So here's some of the fancy sonic weapons. We've been talking about these weapons for in our ninth year of talking about these things. When uh, when we started, they were they were things of conspiracy theories. And yet here we are again. Another called it moment. um, We we talked about uh, we had a whole sound episode where I, I believe I'm not mistaken, maybe somebody in the chat remembers, but yeah, early on, we did mention early on in the show very early. Yeah. yeah we talked Canary about Cry radio, our other show for those who don't know. Right. Um, um yep. So let me just uh, cruise through this. This is, uh, the article reads, if you're planning on attending a protest, it would be wise to bring earplugs. That's because many police departments are using LRADs or long range acoustic devices in order to control crowds, essentially a loudspeaker that can be repurposed and used by law enforcement as a weapon to permanently damage one's hearing. LRADs can take on many looks, but generally resemble a box amplifier or loudspeaker. Although LRADs can be used to project human voices or recordings across long distances, they are also used to emit a so-called deterrent tone that is capable of resulting in permanent hearing loss or hearing damage. Such hearing damage occurs whenever human ears are exposed to any sound above 85 decibels, though it also depends on length of exposure. Certain LRADs are capable of creating sound nearly twice as loud, up to 160 decibels, which is louder than a jet taking off. That is between 120 and 140. The harm is exacerbated by the fact that unlike whistles and other sound projection devices that send their waves in all directions, LRADs focus their sound into a cone that extends about 15 degrees in every direction from its axis. The technology company Genesis, ooh, Genesis Inc., Genesis Inc., Mm. which manufactures LRADs, admitted in a statement earlier, notice that little rhetorical device, admitted, they admitted in a statement <laughs> earlier this month that its devices have been used by police departments in Portland, Oregon, San Jose, California, Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Columbus, Ohio, Charleston, South Carolina, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and other cities. The statement claimed that the devices were used to communicate unlawful assembly and other orders to crowds after recent protests turned violent. Genesis denies that LRADs are weapons in quotes, though clearly they are being used or misused by police to that end. The devices have been reportedly used on protesters in the United States in the past month. Several days ago, an LRAD was used to disperse protesters in Louisville, Kentucky, after Portland, Oregon. That's weird. They That's weird. They used a weird acronym for Oregon. They put O-R-E after Portland, huh. Oregon. Oregon police dispersed protesters with an LRAD on June 5th. Portland's mayor banned the use of them. Okay. Much like uh, how Jenny Durkin banned tear gas and then they used it anyways. Regardless of how LRADs are designed to be used, they have been used as a form of crowd control and used against other nonviolent protesters, which has occasionally led to litigation. In 2009, protesters at the G20 summit in Pittsburgh were attacked with an LRAD by police. Attacked! Attacked by loud noises. Not a weapon. (laughs) A local professor suffered permanent hearing damage and won a settlement against the city of Pittsburgh. All right. Then they go into a long history of LRADs and stuff like that. But there you go. The LRADs are out, baby. Uh, All these techie weapons, they they are happening. It's not a secret. Right. And, 
you know, I made a point in the last episode about if there is a confrontation uh, with uh, higher military forces with uh, the citizens of CHOP, mm -hmm. um, that uh, <laughs> they're not going to be able to stand the technology that yeah, exists. That's, that's the big problem there. You get an LRAD 160 decibel uh, blast coming at you. It's not a matter of, you know, your will to continue protesting, you physically are going to be uh, disoriented from that. Yeah. And it's a good way to figure out um, who their, you know, Marvel X-Men are going to be the, the one that stands <laughs> up and like fights the pain and like walks I am at them anyway. Medicine. <laughs> I am owl, owl medicine. medicine and I shall protect you from the evil Elrad. What, what were the, ooh, uh, the three ooh. superheroes that we recovered from? Uh, one was Justin, Justin case. Uh, the Red Ranger, and oh, I can't remember the third one. There's a different Some green, one. something green. Anyway, owl medicine. Owl medicine. <laughs> owl medicine took him out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, this article reminded me of uh, more South Park episodes. I don't know if that did anything for you, Basil. But. <laughs> no, but that's okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're happy. It just it just brings me back. There's a old episode. Um, where there's, it's, I had to look it up. It's titled the worldwide recorder concert episode 17, season three, where they discover the Brown noise and um, a few million uh, people hit the Brown noise with the recorder. And you can guess what happens. Wow. Sounds yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, maybe that's a better way to get people to stop protesting. I, I think that would happen. If you had ears. 160 decibels coming right at you, there might be some brown noise oh, involved. there might be some brown noise, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> actually, if you really want to get into the LRAD history, um, actually, the Nazi scientist Hitler had a sonic weapon that allegedly could cause uh, intestinal damage. So. Mm. Brown and noise un, is undesired real. bowel movements. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Could scramble your insides. Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm also wondering why they didn't use the voice to skull technology, you know? Yeah. Well, that's another way you could do it. You know? Maybe that's how owl man got his name. You're helping. You're helping the orange man. You like, are ah! owl medicine. <laughs> the owl medicine man. Heal the people. Okay. Ooh. Oh, it's the New World Order. It's here. This is the J Post, the JerusalemPost.com. And uh, it's an opinion piece, but I found it interesting. Uh, this kind of uh, awareness of things from the, you know, one side of the aisle, the opposite side of the aisle is very fascinating. The headline here is the link between George Orwell, George Floyd, and the Jews. Uh-oh. Yeah, and it kind of summarizes a lot of the sentiments that I've seen in the social medias from the pro-woke side. Uh, it says here, George Orwell's iconic book 1984 depicts a dystopian post-revolutionary world in which an all-powerful party rules a totalitarian universe through did the Did you mention of this was from J-Post? Yes, I did. A Jewish outlet? Okay. Yes, I did. Were you not listening? It was like 30 seconds ago. I wasn't. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, 
Okay, let me start over. George Orwell's iconic book, 1984, depicts a dystopian post-revolutionary world in which an all-powerful party rules a totalitarian universe through the use of thought police. In part two of the prophetic novel, the protagonist of the story, Winston Smith, tries to impress upon Julia, the woman whom he is having a dangerous and forbidden love affair, why it is so important to rebel against mind control. Impossible. Quote, do you realize that the past, starting from yesterday, has been actually abolished? He asks rhetorically during one of their trysts while recounting tales of his time as a forger of records. Quote, if it survives anywhere, it's in a few solid objects with no words attached to them, like, the, like that lump of glass there. He goes on, already we know almost literally nothing about the revolution and the years before the revolution. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street and building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And that process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. These words published in Britain in 1949, four years after the end of World War II, are particularly chilling today in light of the current upheaval in the U.S. The ostensible catalyst for the explosion of what could be called the cancel culture revolution was the May 25th killing of African-American George Floyd by a sadistic Minneapolis police officer. The ground was already fertile for the mayhem that ensued, however. Indeed, anybody who believes that the goal of the protesters, certainly those rioting and looting, but even the ones marching and chanting peace, uh, peacefully, has been to raise consciousness about the un unfair treatment of blacks is missing the point and the bigger picture. What has become clear during the past few weeks is that the motive of the radicals leading the campaign is not to improve America by eradicating its social flaws. It is, rather, to demonize the country's birth as a nation and delegitimize its entire existence, just like its enemies abroad, such as Iran, but from within. The Black Lives Matter and Antifa thugs barely disguise this aim. They don't need to do so, nor are they embarrassed by their often inherently contradictory positions. They call the shots, after all, and are never called to task for their actions. Meanwhile, their numerous clueless fellow travelers in the media, academia, Hollywood, Silicon Valley, and even Wall Street are too busy apologizing for being privileged to engage in any serious examination or debate. Yes, even seemingly intelligent and educated people are more preoccupied these days with firing employees who might harbor impure thoughts, banning books and changing the brand names of syrup and cereal to question the dubious practices of the activists to whom they are kowtowing or kowtowing kowtowing yes as professors and newspaper editors lost their livelihoods for defending free speech their peers were pen uh, penning letters of mea culpa for crimes against blacks that they have not committed as democratic members of the u.s congress kneeled subserviently to the mobs defaming and attacking law enforcers their party's state senator senators governors and mayors were being pressured by radical constituents into defunding police departments that not only employ blacks, but die in the service of protecting them. And as these Democrats cloaked themselves in African Kenti clothes, not one of them even mentioned that thousands of Nigerian Christians are being slaughtered by Boko Haram jihadists who also happen to be black. But then not a peep about 
uh, not a peep has been uttered by Black Lives Matter about the plight of their fellow Africans. You know, the ones who actually live in Africa where racism is rampart, rampart, rampant and slavery still thrives. Nor do the people begging for acceptance and forgiveness from the Black Lives Matter radical uh, radicals appear to notice, for instance, that among the symbols of American heritage and history being trashed uh, by their supporters are those honoring famed abolitionists, such as Wisconsin's Colonel Hans Christian Hegg, as well as monuments that pay tribute to blacks themselves. Take the Jason, or I'm sorry, take the uh, stuff jumping around. Take the Clayton Jackson McGee Memorial in Duluth, Minnesota, for example, which was defaced in the immediate aftermath of Floyd's murder. The monument consists of the statues of Elias Clayton, Elmer Jackson, and Isaac McGee, three black men lynched by an angry mob in 1920 and hanged from a lamppost after being accused falsely of raping a white woman. Then there's Robert Good uh, Gould Shaw in Massachusetts 54th Regiment Memorial in Boston. The bas relief sculpture was created at the end of the 19th century to highlight the evil of racial bigotry and pay homage to the black heroes who fought and died in the Civil War. The desecration of the above, mention, uh, the above monuments can be explained in one of two ways, either the fact that they were erected by Americans and Americans was, uh, 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 wait, hold on. Either the fact that they were erected by Americans for Americans was sufficient to render them evil or the perpetrators who vandalized them were too ignorant of their own history to be familiar with the figures in stone and bronze. Orwell explains this phenomenon from the grave, quote, in a way, the worldview of the party imposed itself most successfully on people incapable of understanding it, his protagonist muses. Quote, they could be made to accept the most flagrant violations of reality because they never fully grasped the enormity of what was demanded of them and were not sufficiently interested in public events to notice what was happening. By lack of understanding, they remained sane. They simply swallowed everything, and what they swallowed did them no harm because it left no residue behind, just as a grain of corn will pass undigested through the body of a bird. However, quote, flagrant violations of reality became the norm. The Jews have to worry. I'm sorry, whenever. Whenever flagrant violations of reality become the norm, the Jews have to worry. Of course, like African Americans, Jews are not homogeneous, uh, homogeneous bunch, are not a homogeneous bunch. Just as many blacks are horrified and disgusted by the burning of the American flag and the denial of American exceptionalism, plenty of Jews are siding with Black Lives Matter in the effort to destroy the land. Oh my gosh, something happened. Oh, there it goes. It's back. Uh, Whoa, it reloaded on my side too. They must have changed ooh, something. Mm, interesting. History being uh, rewritten as we read it. <laughs> as we read it. Uh and the denial of American, ex uh, well, let me start that sentence again. Just as many blacks are horrified and disgusted by the burning of the American flag and the denial of American exceptionalism, plenty of Jews are siding with Black Lives Matter in an effort to destroy the, quote, land of the free and home of the brave. Oh, and to take down Israel while they're at it. Some of these are ideologues with an agenda. Others are not sufficiently interested in public events to notice what is happening. Yet all are potential prey for the George Floyd fan club whose targets for hatred and blame at the moment are the police, the president, and anyone who dares to suggest that all lives matter. When enthusiasm for those common enemies start to lose steam, the Jews will become an open scapegoat, as they always do when a society is in peril or decline. 
This helps shed light on the sudden surge in the interest in American Jews to immigrate to Israel. Have you heard about this, Basil? This uh, surge of uh, American Jews wanting to immigrate to Israel? Uh, I guess not. Not really. really? No. I, I've been seeing smatterings of it, so I thought it was interesting that this article brings that to light here, but um, mm. I, I'll continue on here. Between the COVID-19 pandemic and subsequent anti-white demonstrations across the country, both of which were accompanied by anti-Semitic undertones, Jews who had spent years, if not decades, toying with the idea of relocating to the Holy Land began to take concrete steps in that direction. According to the Aliyah facilitating organization Nefesh Nefesh, uh, this May saw a record number of applications from North America, the highest in a single month since its founding 18 years ago. In anticipation, the Jewish agency told the Neset to prepare for the wave of new immigrants. The good news for Israel is... Uh, the good news for Israel, it is a bad, oh, though, wow, I'm having issues, though good news for Israel, it is a bad sign of the times. Jews never before have felt the need to flee the U.S. If they made Aliyah, it was by choice that so many even con- are considering such a move during the global economic crisis caused by coronavirus lockdowns indicates uncharacter- uncharacteristic desperation. Their malaise is undeniable or understandable. Their malaise is understandable. So is their hope that Israel will provide a safe haven from progressive totalitarianism. The problem is that Israelis mimic Americans, which is why a vigil for Floyd replete with Black Lives Matter signs and slogans was held in Tel Aviv. It is also the reason that Israeli pundits who appear regularly on one on one or another of Israel's main TV channels assert with idiocy disguised as authority that America suffers from systemic racism, which everyone knows is the fault of U.S. President Donald Trump. Alas, if Israel were surrounded by Iranian proxies and other external enemies armed to the teeth, it easily could end up bathing in not just drinking the cancel culture Kool-Aid. Israel, like the rest of the West, needs a strong and healthy America, not one forced into submission by fanatics bent on altering its nature and fundamental principles. Black Lives Matter, it's uh, psychophants, sycophants, okay, sycophants must not be mistaken for people who care about the likes of George Floyd. They should be seen and understood in the context of George Orwell. Whoa. So I thought this was a very well done, um, Coming from someone that's Jewish, I think, uh, Ruthie Blum, and um, I gave her a shout out on Twitter uh, that I was going to share this article on this, today's episode here, um, because not only does it bring to light the George Orwell concept and the you know make 1984 fiction again concept, um, but the the connection with Israel, especially, I think, is interesting because you know. There's a lot of people that talk about the Zionist movement and how the Zionist movement is involved in a lot of this um, civil unrest in the United States. And it could be, it could be, I'm I'm just, uh, this is just theorizing on my part here, but it could be that they want all the Jews to come back to Israel or go back to their homeland um, as a way to sort of uh, create more of that tension. And, um, and have a sort of uh, unified Israel uh, based on sort of racial lines and ethnic lines and things like that. And, and especially since Trump, Trump has been very divisive, I think for the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Um, some people love him. Some people despise him. It's, it's very interesting to watch 
the whole uh, the whole concept because the Jews obviously have been part of this undercurrent of the uh, the whole thing here with either being you know calling out hey we're being uh, anti-Semitism is on the rise again we're we're being persecuted again in America to the opposite end of hey you know call out the Zionists they're they're trying to do some some things here that are not cool. And a lot of, yeah, I've, I've seen, you know, a good handful of Jewish people say like, Hey, we're not for the Zionist political movement, trying to take over everything yeah, and mo- calling out some of, secular Jews. Yeah. And, and calling out what they're doing and trying to, you know, expand their region and things like that. So it, I just thought it was very fascinating. And I thought it was a very um, well put together article that summarizes a lot of what was going on in the context of 1984 uh, but also throwing in that that, that Jewish perspective seemed pretty grounded in my uh, in my estimation. But what do you think, Basil? Yeah, I'd say for the most part, uh, I think it was a good summation of the the George Orwell conversation going on. I mean, obviously we've mentioned it throughout, uh, you know, the yeah. past couple months, and and there is definitely a connection there to be made. Um, I take umbrage with a couple things that were mentioned. I, I mean, obviously politically. Uh, the author of this article, you know, swings to the right, right quite right. far. Yeah, I think um, I think th- uh, statements like the last set, uh, sentence, where it reads "Black Lives Matter" and its sycophants must not be mistaken for people who care about the likes of George Floyd. They should be seen and understood in the context of George Orwell. Uh, I think that's a little bit of an extreme extrapolation to to say in a general way. Um, because, you know, of, of course, you know, I think that a, a huge portion of the people, um, you know, if if not the uh, by their own admission, the trained Marxists who are leading right. leading <laughs> the revolution. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should play that clip one of these days. We but, should. Um, but yeah, the the admittedly and, and, trained Marxists right. uh, who are leading the charge on a lot of the Black Lives Matter um, movement. Uh, you know, that's one thing, but it is a different thing for people who are sort of organically recruited uh, to the ideology who who I think do care about George Floyd. And, you know, the at least the uh, the in, the data and the uh, um, well, just the, the idea of the idea of a human being losing their life. Yeah, and some of course. people believe well, and, that and it, even if you know, it is specifically George Floyd and specifically Black right. Lives Matter, I, I know for a fact that there are those um, who, you know, just d- jump on and, and do their part because of a very real issue that they want to, uh, you know, participate in. But when it comes to things like, you know, erasing the movie that gave the first uh, black Academy American Award. woman, her Oscar or yeah. erasing uh, the logo of one of the first uh, black female millionaires or erasing the, you know, or, you know, erasing certain, you know, the statues are a conversation we've already had. You know, there certainly is an aspect of the George Orwell warning, which I think, you know, should be, like I said, history is a, is a pendulum and so is uh, ideology. You know, you you have the ideology of equality and fair treatment by police, which is very important. I think we all agree that should be the case. Um, But then there's the ideology of erasing a past, um, you know, and and that's that's kind of the deal that we're working with now, which, to be fair, historically, you know, has been perpetrated by white people in the past as well. 
the United Daughters of the Confederacy, um, you know, a, a female Confederacy group that got together after the Civil War. You know, they they did a lot of work to uh, change the history books on exactly what was happening and the history of the Confederate States. So, you know, this changing of history happens all the time. Um and, you know, it should be fought at every instance. But, yeah, anyways, I forgot where well, I was going with this. Just I, that I, I, I think the, the general uh, statement, the blanket statement of the last two sentences of this, I think, are a good uh, example of, you know, the... You know, they, this person is taking a stand, a very strong stand, uh, which a lot of people are doing today. Um, and whenever you take a very strong stand, you're going to bump up against subtleties and complexities that people can start kind of poking holes in. Well, I, I think the, the the reason why she used the word sycophants mm-hmm. was to distinguish those who are taking advantage of this, the whole Black Lives Matter thing to push an agenda and separating those people from the people who actually care for the human being that, that, you know, died. So I think yeah, that's why she it, used that. I think that would be more effective if more people knew what sycophants were. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. It's kind of one it, of those words that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you you'll just read and keep going, not really think about what it actually means. Right. Um, so maybe we should just read the definition on air for all of our people oh, here. Let me try to pull it up here. I think it's got something to do with. Um, who's I, I could try to explain it, but it would be better a just person, to read the definition. A person, a person who, who attempts to gain advantage by flattering influ- influential people or behaving in a servile manner to give information about or to tell tales of. Oopsies. Uh tell tales of in order to gain favor um, to place. Yeah. So it's, you know, people it, it's, it's a uh, virtue signaling is virtue what it signaling. is. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So the word sycophants in this context being black lives matter and it's virtue signaling, uh, you know, bandwagon jumper honors right. must not be mistaken for people who care about George Floyd, uh, but more in the context of George Orwell. Okay. Well, yeah, that changes it a little bit more. Right, um, right. So that's yeah, what I was saying is that I, I, I understood where you're coming from, but then I read it kind of, you know, I had to read it a couple times, but then I think she's trying to separate the, the people who really care about a human being, a life of a human being, as opposed to this other agenda. And yeah. those people that are pushing that other agenda, they should be filtered not through the George Floyd, you know, perspective of a human being dying, but rather the George Orwell context of, hey, we're trying to control you and erase yeah. history and that sort of no, thing. No, I so. think that's good. I think that's, you know, that's a very, yeah, very important distinction to make. And it's a distinction that we've been making since the beginning. Um, it is. And now we have a long, big, confusing word to uh, describe it. So, <laughs> good. <laughs> hey, at least people learn. It's, and it's pronounced right. sycophants. So I've read education. that word so many times and I've heard people mention it a few times, but when you're reading an article, Sometimes it just came out psychophants just because yeah, uh, it, yeah. it does sound like that. And I mean, maybe it does make sense in, in a weird way, but um, you know what we uh, let's see, we have uh, one more thing here before the break where we have a knighting and that is concerning a, what is it? What is it? Four concerning? horsemen of the technocalypse. Oh, that's right. Oh, here we go. The four horsemen of the technocalypse. Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. I love loud. this. This loud. was a <laughs> this was a tweet from Elon Musk. Uh, 
Just says, who controls the memes controls the universe. <laughs> a truer truth has never been spoken. I, I think we should put that on a t-shirt with <laughs> a meme that is, uh, you know, a Canary Cry community meme. The best yeah, one. You can I vote so. for it. And we can even <laughs> quote Elon Musk, you know, we can say. Yeah, we got to at him. Yeah, we'll at him on the shirt and uh, we'll make it a thing. But uh, <laughs> um yeah, I thought this was uh, it was fun uh, because there's some truth to it. Yep. But uh, break it down, break it down for us, Basil. Who <laughs> controls the memes? Controls the universe. Yes. Well, there's a couple things you need to keep in mind when looking at this. You know, meme, uh, uh, of course, on its face and in current internet ver- vernacular uh, represents you know uh, usually an image with some text. Um, in, take one step back from that. You know, a a meme in the psychological, the sort of clinical sense um, is an idea that is replicated across populations. So you can think of a meme and compare it to a gene. So you think of a gene like uh, some DNA replicates Mm -hmm. itself and spreads itself throughout a population. A meme is very similar. A meme is not a meme unless, you know, a bunch of people can relate to it. It's a very relatable idea. So when Elon Musk is, you know, of course, in the internet vernacular, who controls the memes controls the universe is kind of a fun uh, you know, recognition that memes are pretty much all the the internet's good for nowadays um, is, is even including disseminating information. But if you take the clinical uh, term meme, who controls the memes controls the universe. It's actually kind of a, a mind control social engineering statement that he's making here. Right. Uh, so he who controls the replicating ideas through a population controls the universe. And that is, uh, that's, uh, I think that's pretty spot on. You know, it's interesting in the context of the gospel, how that, if you think about, if you're talking about an idea that spreads, uh, it's, it's really interesting. We yeah. start thinking about the, the whole messaging of a man who claimed to be God who resurrected and just through that belief, you have a salvation of your soul. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple idea that has been manipulated and changed, you know, or control the controllers and authorities and stuff have abused religion in general. Uh, but it's just a fascinating thing how it's, it's kept so simple, you know, as far as I understand the gospel, it's, it's fairly yeah. simple and it's antithetical to all other religious worldviews. And it cuts through everything, all the, human authorities that try to establish themselves as some kind of intermediary. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that he would say that and probably didn't mean it that way at all, but just my little spin on the whole, you know, the whole tweet there. Yeah. Well, and as far as the gospel as a meme, very interestingly is because, you know, when you know the, the simple details and the, 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 the calling of the gospel, it's, it's a very relatable calling. You know, to, right. through you know throughout humanity, which is one of the reasons why uh, the meme of uh, Christ has been so successful over thousands of years. So right. there you go, amen. Boom, and, uh, shakalaka. You know, yeah, and uh, Elon also had this other tweet, which I thought was pretty funny. And we've we've been uh, tracking some of the um, the interwar between the four horsemen of the technocalypse. And this is one of those instances. And uh, of course, Elon Musk, the genius that he is, will do it in a, just a, a handful of words and a cat emoji. 
<laughs> but uh, Elon Musk tweeted at Jeff Bezos is a copycat. Ha ha. Mm. And what is he talking about? He linked to an article by the Financial Times titled Amazon acquires self-driving startup Zooks for over $1.2 billion. And so, yeah, Amazon uh, getting into the self-driving car business. Elon Musk you know, trying to call him out saying he's just a copycat. Right. They're fighting. The, yeah. the t- Cat fight. <laughs> two horsemen are fighting. Yes. And, um, and one more update from another horseman. Uh, this came in at the very last minute before we went live here, but I thought I'd throw it in here because it was uh, interesting. Zuckerberg, this is dailymail.co.uk. Zuckerberg caves and says Facebook will ban hate speech in its ads and put warning labels on harmful posts by public figures after nearly 100 advertisers boycotted the tech giant. And mm. uh, I'll read through some of the bullet points here. Mark Zuckerberg announced new policies on harmful and hateful content. Facebook will label harmful posts from politicians if they are newsworthy. Company will also ban ads and blame certain group or ban ads that blame certain groups or social problems. Comes after massive pressure from ad boycott campaign against Facebook. Honda is the latest company to pull ads from Facebook in America. Unilever said Friday it would halt ads on Facebook and Twitter for the rest of the year. Company owns popular brands such as Dove Soap, Lipton Tea, and Klondike Bars. <laughs> no more Klondike bars on Facebook. <laughs> uh, Unilever subsidiary Ben and Jerry's announced its own Facebook boycott this week. Unilever has an announcement advertising budget of almost $8 billion. Jeez. Wow. That's crazy. Shares in Facebook fell about 7% Friday amid the uproar. And uh, it goes to show that you know, a lot of, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh hey, there's a creepy video of Zuckerberg that popped up. Ooh. Oh, man. That's, I don't need this. Um, it just goes to show how a company like Facebook, apart from all of the data mining they do, their main business is still like they they're, they made billions not from just selling your data, which they did, but it wasn't just that; it was having that complicit, um, you know, advertising marketing connection, and all the big companies using their platform uh, where they made a lot of their money, the ad money, you know, that came in, and so once that starts leaving. 180 from Zuckerberg. It's all about the money, baby. All about the money. All about the money. We got more money stories coming up later, too. But that is it for now. Uh, Okay. Let's take a a quick little break. It's break time. Come on. Take a break. Okay, everybody. We uh, are going to be thanking some producers as well as uh, introducing a new night of the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames. But don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to be talking some crisper, some uh, some more stimulus money. You got to you got to get the news on the stimulus money, uh, some blockchain and uh, a very interesting 33 alert that we'll need to talk yes. about as well. But first, Gons, let's thank some producers. What do you say? That sounds good to me. Okay, now, if some of you are wondering, what am I talking about? Uh, Talking about producers and such. I thought we were just a couple of knuckleheads putting out a show. No, here's the thing. We run on the value for value model, which is we put out the show and uh, you... 
as individuals, human beings who listen to the show, if you get value out of what we do three times a week, you then have the opportunity to put some value back in. And just like the real world, we're not LARPing around here. You know, this is this isn't a game. If you put, if, <laughs> you know, we used to uh, ask for donations. Lots of other shows ask for donations, but we're not a charity. Uh, and just like the real world, those who pay the bill to uh, get a piece of media made, they're not just donors or listeners. They are producers. So if you support the show financially or in a couple other ways, you are a producer of the show. And this is not a joke. This is not a little... Uh, you know, a fun little quip or anything. That's just how the real world works, folks. Grow up. So if you want to. <laughs> so we want to take a second and thank some of our new producers for this week. Um, Gons, let me just double check just in case somebody came in during the show. Uh, I actually did on the both the patreon.com slash CCNT and patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. And we only have one. Only one. Episode. Okay. Only, only one, one new producer since the last show. Yeah. That's okay. We're very grateful uh, to that producer coming in over at patreon.com slash canary cry radio. Remember for this show, if you want to uh, support this show, put some value back in, you can go to patreon.com slash CCNT for canary cry news talk. But we had our one producer come in and their name is Sam Bukuf. <laughs> Sam BKF, Sam Bukuf. Uh Sam thank Bukuf. you very much, Sam Bukuf. And yes. uh anybody come in on PayPal or anything? I'm I'm doing a double check just to make sure nobody since the show started okay. uh has provided okay. a little producership support. Sure, and sure. I am not seeing, not seeing anything. Okay. So there you go. I appreciate that, uh, Sambica. Thank you for coming in and supporting the show. You are our producer for this episode. And uh, you people out there, if you want to become a producer, you'll get a shout out on the show. It's called Credits, people. Look it up. Um, and you'll also help this show Keep uh, keep going. If you get any value out of us doing this show three times a week, please consider uh, becoming a producer of the show. It's the only way we can keep going. We've actually been uh, we've been propositioned by many advertisers over the years, and uh, we turn them all away because we don't believe in gaining your trust and gaining your attention and turning around and selling it for our own personal gain. Occasionally, we'll get uh, listeners out there. Uh, say, I'd rather you advertise. I'd rather you advertise than talk about donations and producers and all this nonsense. And it really makes me sad because that's actually part of the brainwashing going on. It God. is. Totally. People would rather that their trust and attention be sold to a corporation than to uh, actually actively support something they love. And that, uh, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I've talked about it a lot, but that's exactly what's wrong with the world. It's submitting yourself to the system of this world, you know. Uh, you're, you are uh, willingly uh, turning yourself over as, uh, as a mind slave, you know. Advertisement yeah. is brainwashing. And so when it that, really makes me sad when I see people say they would rather yeah. we advertise than ask for people to support the show. It's uh, it's it's dejecting. Well, that, and then plus it causes the content creators to have to change their messaging. If well, they that's want exactly to keep the right. money coming in. Too, that's you know? exactly so right. Can you the imagine the types of things 
that uh, would get us would get our advertising pulled, we couldn't do the show. The show wouldn't be <laughs> there. every show. Another yeah. Every time we'd say something, the I mean, another. First yeah, of all, company. even just talking about the gospel, that's, right. you know, that would be considered hate speech. We would lose advertisers there, uh, as well as all the other crazy stuff. And so there you go. I mean, if you want advertising on this show, it won't be this show. Um, yeah. So we rely on our producers to support the show. And that's why we're so thankful to Sam Bacafuf. <laughs> and that, Gons, is why we are so happy to introduce uh, a new knight to the Canary yes. Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames. If you don't know, the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames is a uh, collection of very special producers. We've been doing podcasts. We are in our ninth year. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people have been supporting us over those nine years. And when a uh, producer has contributed uh, in the amount of $1,000 or more, they are now introduced to the Canary Cry uh, Radio Roundtable of Knights and Dames. Uh, they get a place of honor and uh, are considered, uh, you know, some some very generous producers of the show. And we have one today. Yes, we do. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here, hold on. Let me get this. I uh, got to get my sword out here. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Okay. I was doing a little sharpening earlier today of my Japanese katana. Oh, that's right. Okie dokie, here we go. Well, we want to call up Sir Edward. It is our honor. Uh, please step forward to the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames, where we have a seat for you. Thanks to your generous support in the amount of $1,000 or more, we are proud to announce you a knight of the Canary Cry, Canary Cry Roundtable. You shall now be known as Sir Edward, Knight of the Truth and Marshal for Jesus Christ at the Canary Cry Roundtable where we have the belt of truthful truthiness, the breastplate of righteous righteousness, custom fit Birkenstocks to carry forth the gospel of peace, the shield of ferocious faith, the helmet of substantiating salvation, the supernatural sword of the spirit, and of course, adorable samurai babies, infinitely cute kittens for cuddling and if you're hungry we have fancy feast sweat food and of course fried wormicorns welcome to the canary cry knights and dames round table sir edward knight of the truth and marshal for jesus christ thank you very much sir edward and uh there you go big round of applause everybody out there needs to uh uh you know <laughs> say thank you to uh, our very generous new producer sir edward you are the man and uh any any anything any notes any jingles anything come for uh sir edward yeah we got a little note from him and uh he said my work continues here in texas so he's out mm. there in the, oh, the good big texas state of texas producer i love it and my purpose in life now has been for many years since i've been saved uh hold on i, I must have copied and pasted this wrong here Hmm. Uh, my work continues here in Texas and my purpose in life now has been for many years since I've been saved is to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, just as both of you do. Uh, I don't have a jingle request. Hmm. Uh, I don't have anyone or any, anything or anyone to call out except for the lies of all of our current situations. Call them which, out. 
which y'all do a great job on your reporting and on all the articles you report on. So just in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, I'm honored and privileged to help you and many other ministries to help and expose the lies of this world and bring forth the truth. The truth. So thank you, Basil and Gons, and the entire audience for everyone's support, as we all have an important role to play in bringing forth the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you. And um, in his note, he included a picture uh, of himself and um, some, uh, some people he met, uh, a worship leader uh, in an orphanage in Africa, uh, in Uganda. And um, it, it was amazing. He said it was amazing to meet them. And uh, it was a girl with no legs and one arm. Wow. And she, he, uh, he said, she's one of many inspirations I've seen in my mission work. So thank you guys. So wow, there you go. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, it's, it's, doing, it's, doing some good work there. That's some hardcore missionary work there, buddy. Thank you so much. It's uh, really an, an honor and a privilege to get uh, supported by the great people who support the show and including you, Sir Edward. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. You want to... Um, I don't know. Should we just make up some jingle requests just to play something for them? Or uh, hallelujah. <laughs> there we go. There <laughs> we you can go. always play the uh, the apocalypse update jingle again. I mean, that's an option. <laughs> I don't know. Two in a row. That might be a lot. <laughs> um, but there you go. Now, that's right. So thank you very much, Sir Edward. And uh, thank you to all our producers. And if you are out there and you want to help produce the show, you can head to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And uh, we have another option. If you don't like Patreon, which we totally get. In fact, uh, Gans, Patreon's going to start charging sales tax for certain I things. I, I don't know, I think our our accounts um are gonna have to do that i'll have to double check but yeah people overseas especially uh, yeah people in other countries yeah but get hit with so that. if you don't want to get mixed up in the patreon mess well we have good news for you you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support canarycryradio.com slash support that's right. If you go to canarycryradio.com slash support, we've got PayPal options, uh, monthly subscriptions, uh, one-time donations, as well as cryptocurrency. So uh, if you want to support the show there, we would be eternally grateful. And we can only keep doing the show uh, if people keep helping produce the show. So please consider helping us out for next show uh, by supporting us in one of those many ways. And there's links uh, in the show notes and things like that that you uh, can be led to go there so thank you very much um gons anything else left on the list for this break uh there is uh mr magoo sent us another jingle here um, okay the robot mob that's another oh. way you can contribute to the show anytime you think of something maybe the owl what was it? The, the <laughs> owl, owl medicine medicine. <laughs> uh, if you <laughs> have some artwork. Yeah. I, I have a feeling owl medicine might pop up on one of the Canary Cry saga. Uh, yeah. Uh, comic book covers. I think that's uh, almost a given. <laughs> I mean, how can you not, you know, he's standing in front of Bohemian Grove, uh, but also the Seattle oh, tower. He's in two yeah, places at once. That's right. And he's yeah, part right. owl, part medicine. <laughs> vaccine needles Just, sticking out of them watch out folk <laughs> okay um but uh yeah mr magoo sent us a robot mob jingle which i spiced up oh, and spice here it, up. it 
is Little collab. Yeah. Yeah. The new Boston town. She. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime okay. a robot mob I, is mentioned, uh, yeah, we have you mentioned to go that to. I said something about a robot mob, and I don't know what it is. I do not remember mentioning the robot mob, but I believe you that I said something about it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much. Who sent that? Mr. Magoo sent that. Um, yes. There's lots of ways to help uh, support the show, produce the show. One of them is by creating uh, jingles like Mr. Magoo did. If you know your way around uh, some recording software or something like that, or just know how to edit some sound effects, you can send us a jingle for a topic that we uh, cover on the show or just a fun jingle <laughs> about Gons or myself or whatever uh, and if you produce that send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com uh, most likely we'll play it on the show and uh, another great way to help produce the show is creating art I don't think we have any art for this show do we Gans? Um, I didn't see anything I, I think we just got something come in but not not before the show so okay. I don't know that we're going to have yeah so if you would like to support the show that way if you're a creative person a graphic designer or an artist of some kind uh, you can make some show themed art send it in we'll show it on the live stream put it on the facebook page put it in a newsletter all sorts of cool stuff i'll mention uh uh, oh sorry you're gonna finish up i was was gonna gonna say we'll give you a shout out on the show for it yes and speaking of a shout out uh rich nelson did send us um the (laughs) the alex jones clips if you want to hear those real quick oh yeah uh here's the first one i'm sick of being social engineered it's not funny (laughs) that's pretty funny it's a little the frogs yeah it is kind of funny when when alex jones says it and the frogs gay clip here i don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the frogs gay that's a classic 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 aj clip yeah well, I good. Know how much we can use some of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to have them on hand. You never know when you need yeah, them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you never know. Rather so, have you. it and not need it than need it and not have it, Gons. That's that's very true. That's a good point. <laughs> so thank you, Rich Nelson. That's right. Okay. Clips. What do you say we get back into the show? Let's do it. This is nature.com. We've uh, had a couple different stories. Someone uh, uh, sorry, of air and sea over on D Live has a, a Alex Jones gif that is just hilarious. It's scrolling <laughs> yeah. up through the uh, the I chat if you're that. in the pounding uh, his yeah. chest, pounding his chest, as like only it. Alex Jones can do. Yes, uh, we we had a couple CRISPR stories in the last episode. One about the sickle cell anemia and how it's working on people that suffer from that, mm-hmm. uh, and also the light. CRISPR, uh, the, the light beam, <laughs> uh, uh, method, I guess the, the newer, more, uh, I don't know, advanced method. Yeah. But, and those are positive type of stories and positive in the air quotes, because, you know, again, we've always been approaching this topic with caution here. Uh, but this one's a little bit more, uh, more on the negative side, if you will, nature.com CRISPR gene editing and human embryos reeks chromosomal may chromosomal mayhem. Mm, yep. Yeah. We mentioned a of this a while back. I'm glad you brought it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when is the article published? Just to double check here. June 25th. Okay. So yeah. it's yesterday. A suite of experiments that use the gene editing tool CRISPR-Cas9 to modify human embryos have revealed how the process can make large unwanted changes to the genome at or near the target site. 
The studies were published this month on the preprint server BioRigziv, a uh, and have not yet been peer reviewed. What's up with these non peer reviewed papers getting a lot of attention these uh, days? You know, that's been the problem too with a lot of COVID stuff. I mean, there I know. Was- the, the Lancet studies got retracted for that exact reason. Yeah, yeah. But taken together, they give scientists a good look at what some say is an un, un uh, what is it underappreciated risk of CRISPR Cas9 editing. Previous experiments have revealed that the tool can make off-target gene mutations far from the target site, but the nearby changes identified in the latest studies can be missed by standard assessment methods. Quote. The on-target effects are more important and would be much more difficult to eliminate, says Gretan Bergio, a geneticist at the Australian National University of Canberra. Uh, These safety concerns are likely to inform the ongoing debate over whether scientists should edit human embryos to prevent genetic diseases, a process that is controversial because it creates a permanent change to the genome that can be passed down for generations. Quote, if human embryo editing for reproductive purposes or germline editing were spaceflight, the new data are the equivalent of having the rocket explode at the launch pad before takeoff, says Fyodor Ernoff, who studies genome editing at the University of California, Berkeley, but was not involved in any of the latest research. Unwanted effects. Researchers conducted the first experiments using CRISPR to edit human embryos in 2015. Since then, A handful of teams around the world have begun to explore the process, which aims to make precise edits to genes. But such studies are still rare and are generally strictly regulated. The latest research underscores how little is known about how human embryos repair DNA cut by the genome editing tools, a key step in CRISPR-Cas9 editing, says reproductive biologist Mary Herbert at Newcastle University, UK, quote, We need a basic roadmap of what's going on in there before we start hitting it with DNA cutting enzymes, she says. I guess the light beams haven't reached the the labs yet, Uh, but we continue on here. The first preprint was posted online on 5th June by developmental biologist Kathy Neacon of the Francis Crick Institute in London and her colleagues. In the study, the researchers used CRISPR-Cas9 to create mutations in the POU5F1 gene, which is important for embryonic development. Of 18 genome-edited embryos, about 22% contain unwanted changes affecting large swaths of the DNA surrounding POU5F1. They included DNA rearrangements and large deletions of several thousand DNA letters, much greater than typically intended by researchers using this approach. Yikes. Another group, led by stem cell biologist Dieter Egli of Columbia University in New York City, studied embryos created with sperm carrying a blindness-causing mutation in a gene called EYS squared. Mm. The team used CRISPR-Cas9 to try to correct that mutation, but about half of the embryos tested uh, tested lost large segments of the chromosome and sometimes the entire chromosome on which EYS is situated. And a third group led by reproductive biologist Shakrat Mitalipov of Oregon Health and Science University in Portland studied embryos made using sperm with a mutation that caused a heart condition. This team also found signs that editing affected large regions of the chromosome containing the mutated gene. 
In all the studies, researchers use the embryos for scientific purposes only and not to generate pregnancies. The lead authors of the three preprints decline to discuss the details of their work with Nature's News team until the articles are published in peer-reviewed journals. Good job there, uh, scientists. Unpredictable repair. The changes are the result of DNA repair processes harnessed by genomic editing tools. CRISPR-Cas9 uses a small strand of RNA to direct the Cas9 enzyme to a site in the genome with a smaller sequence. The enzyme then cuts both strands of DNA at that site, and the cell's repair system uh, heal the gap. The edits occur until that repair. Most often, the cell seals up the cut using an error-prone mechanism that can insert or delete a small number of DNA letters. If researchers provide a DNA template, the cell might sometimes use that sequence to mend the cut, resulting in a true rewrite. But broken DNA can also cause shuffling or loss of a large region of the chromosome. Previous work using CRISPR in mouse embryos and other kinds of human cell had already demonstrated that editing chromosomes can uh, cause large unwanted effects, but it was important to demonstrate to the work in human embryos as well, says Yurnoff, because different cell types might respond to genome editing differently. Such re rearrangements could be missed in many experiments, which typically look for other unwanted edits, such as single-letter DNA changes or small insertions or deletions of only a few letters. The latest studies, however, looked specifically for large deletions and chromosomal, chromosomal rearrangements near the target site. Quote, this is something that all of us in the scientific community will, start, uh, will starting immediately, take more seriously than we uh, already have, says Yurnoff. This is not a one-time fluke. Uh, goes on here. Oh, it's only three more paragraphs. I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Genetic changes. The three studies offer different explanations for how the DNA changes arose. Egli and Niakon's teams attributed the bulk of the changes observed in their embryos to large deletions and rearrangements. Mitalipov's group instead said that up to 40% of the changes it found were caused by a phenomenon called gene conversion in which DNA repair processes copy a sequence from one chromosome in a pair to heal another. Uh, Metallipov and his colleagues reported similar findings in 2017, but some researchers were skeptical that frequent gene conversions could occur in embryos. They noted that the maternal and paternal chromosomes are not next to each other at the time the gene conversion is postulated to occur, and that the uh, assays and that what and that the uh, assays the team used to identify gene conversion could have been picking up other chromosomal changes, including deletions. Egli and his colleagues directly tested for gene conversions in their latest preprint and failed to find them. And Bergio points out that the assays used in the Mitalipov preprint are similar to those the team used in 2017. One possibility is that DNA breaks are healed differently at various positions along the chromosome, said Jin Soo Kim, a geneticist at Seoul National University and a co-author of the Metalif, or Metalipov preprint. Uh, so there you go. A little more evidence, not confirmed by peer-reviewed journals, but three separate studies suggesting that DNA deletion and reshuffling um, is a problem with uh, CRISPR-Cas9 technology. Yeah, can't say I'm too surprised, you know, and no. can't, can't <laughs> say that we've been or the first to say it, that tampering with the DNA of human beings would cause a cascading effect of doom. Uh, but it's nice to have science on your side for once. Because science is truth. We really, I got to, I was going to ISO that Fauci. Oh, yeah. Science is truth, but I totally forgot to do it today, but we'll have it 
uh, before the next show, maybe. Yeah. So there's not much to really analyze or, or break apart with this. Uh, no. But maybe it's because I, I take for granted. Now, if there's uh, listeners who are coming on for the first time, um, just to kind of give you a little bit of a background about why we follow CRISPR, um, you know, gene editing and tampering with uh, the original the image, the image of God that, uh, you know, we are, uh, that we are, um, you know, since creation, tampering that with that seems to have uh, a lot of bad consequences as well as we see that uh, mixed in with a lot of uh, prophetic uh, sort of Bible themes and theories regarding what might be the downfall of the human race. Uh, as well as, you know, of course, the uh, technocracy looking for ways to increase the, uh, the, 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 the glory of human beings um, and trying to in be their fallen as, state. Yes, in our fallen state uh, and be as gods ourselves. So that's why we keep track of this uh, type of thing. CRISPR obviously being one of the biggest um Improve, not improvements, but the biggest uh, technological, um, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, um, I'm not uh, sure. I don't know. Whatever. Like a but prototype. One of the biggest things <laughs> that happened recently in genetic research. Um, and of course, uh, no surprise, you know, with uh, a history of genetic tampering, like we see with Dr. Hay in China, um, who actually brought some genetically modified embryos to term. There are right. technically two CRISPR edited babies somewhere in China. I thought, I thought uh -huh. they passed away or something. Was They weren't healthy. They went something. into hiding last time I remember. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the government, the Chinese government was was hiding them. Mm. Um, as they sent Hay to jail. So, anyways, that's a, an important. <laughs> as they thing. mutated into Nephilim giants, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the CCP said we can use them now in our army. That's right. They've now been cloned for the uh, the Chinese uh, two hundred million Chinese army communist army. Yeah, the the people's what is it? The people's. Uh, dang, my brain is so foggy today. I can't remember anything. <laughs> Shoot. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story, Gons. Money, money, money. Uh, I think, well, hold on. Let me play this jingle. Oh. I think this is the jingle I was looking for to support, or not support, but uh, as part of this article, too. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There you go. Thank you very much. And thank you, Intel Spider, on the chat. Uh, advancements, technological oh. advancements. <laughs> you forgot the word advance. I See, I thought that was too simple. Uh, I thought that was like... Know? Too too simple of a word to uh, have a, have a brain fart Intel spiders with, got my back, man. Yeah. Well, here's um, your Intel also, spider. my VR helmet is starting to tweak out pretty bad here. Uh-oh. Uh, so, just this so you know, I'm, I kind of occasionally closed. snap into a weird... Uh, <laughs> maybe that's what's going on. Maybe I'm being hypnotized in my VR helmet here. Well, so well keep that's an eye on me. Concern. If I start acting too funny, call the... Yeah. I don't know. The other thing call, that's... Call somebody. The other thing that's funny with the, anybody watching the stream is I think you start slouching more and more throughout the episode. So I, I like start. set you up at a certain point and then you just get lower and lower and lower. Like you're we go for like slowly. three hours nowadays, man. I that's know, tough. It's just funny. It's funny how you just, uh, by the end, it's just, just the googly eyes barely over your, your name tag there. <laughs> but, uh, okay. All right. Let's go into this article. NPR. Dar, dar, dar. 
<laughs> He's losing it, folks. <laughs> yeah, the mind control is complete. Okay, let's try that again. NPR.org. <laughs> the article is titled Nearly $1.4 billion in coronavirus relief payments sent to dead people, guns. Oh, no. Uh, the IRS sent nearly $1.4 billion in coronavirus relief payments to dead Americans. A new report by an independent government agency shows. What is an independent government agency? And every government agency. That sounds like a private entity, a central s- intelligence agency. Sounds like the word that means the opposite things <laughs> that I can't remember <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, come on, chat. Help me out here. Independent on, government. You can't have an independent government agency. If it's, if it's like a in private- the government, it's not independent. And if it's yeah. independent, it's not in the government. It's central um, intelligence. Okay. The government it's accountability. A, it's an easier way to say central intelligence without saying it. I, hey, I disagree. I think it's lies. I think it's full of lies. The IRS <laughs> sent nearly $1.4 billion in coronavirus relief payments to dead Americans. A new report by an independent government agency shows. The Government Accountability Office said the error involved almost 1.1 million checks and direct deposits sent to ineligible Americans. The payments were part of the coronavirus aid package passed in March known as the CARES Act. Uh, So far, the IRS has dispersed over 106 million payments worth nearly two. Yep. Okay. I'm I'm losing my patience, guns. I'm losing my (laughs) patience here. You were pretty impatient before we went live, too, but I was a little little, little hyped up, too. I've got this thing. It keeps screwing me up. So usually, you know, when I got this VR helmet on and I'm looking around, you know, the world stays stationary. But occasionally today... The whole world, oh, like it just happened there. The whole world will start moving with me. It's very disorienting. Oh, you need to reset. Yeah, I know. I, uh, oxymoron, thank you, one Mr. Rogers. That's what I was saying. Independent government agency is an oxymoron. Oh, I see. Yeah. The Government Accountability Office said the error involved almost 1.1 million checks and direct deposits sent to ineligible Americans. The payments were part of the coronavirus aid package passed in March, known as the CARES Act. So far, the IRS has dispersed over 160 million payments worth nearly $270 billion uh, to people for coronavirus relief. The improper payments happened because of confusion over whether dead people should receive payments, the GAO report concludes confusion uh the in the hectic early days as the irs was preparing to send out millions of payments the tax bureau bypassed established protocols declined to use available death records and did not clearly communicate with the treasury department which oversees its work the irs did not use those death records which were are maintained by the social security administration for the first three batches of coronavirus relief payments which account for 72 percent of the money dispensed to date. The IRS had developed a process in 2013 to use death records to prevent improper payments to dead people. It bypassed these controls for coronavirus relief payments, the GAO found. Initially, the IRS was unclear about whether the law permitted it to deny relief payments to the deceased. 
This is the government work at its finest. Initially, the IRS was unclear about whether the law permitted it to deny relief payments to the deceased. The IRS was unclear if it should send money to dead people. Well, and the, there you go. This is the, this is the where this is the people we give what half our money to every year that we earn. <laughs> this is crazy, dude. I don't know. Should we send money to this dead guy? Uh, you know, I just really don't know. <laughs> and the treasury, <laughs> the treasury department was unaware the payments may go to decedents. The GAO founds. Uh, it was. It wasn't until later, after the Treasury Department realized that payments had been made to dead people, that it determined in conjunction with legal counsel that those who had died as of the date of the payment were not eligible for relief money. Whoa! Thanks, Treasury Department and legal counsel! What is going on over there? Uh, an NPR investigation. What Minuchin over there? The treasury it is department. Mnuchin. That's crazy. Standing there with this giant sheet of hundred dollar bills that with his signature on the it. The wildest. This is the wildest article. This just shows the complete incompetence of the treasury department and the IRS. They're not sure if they're legally permitted to deny money to dead people, and it took the treasury department and their legal counsel. Uh, to determine whether it was uh, whether they should send money to dead people checks written out to dead people an NPR investigation in May found that Americans who had died as early as January uh, 2018 they'd been dead for two years (laughs) and got checks from the IRS in response to NPR's story, a bipartisan group of lawmakers demanded answers from the Treasury Department and the IRS about how many dead Americans received the payments and what steps government will take to recover the improperly dispensed money. Quote, while it is essential that our constituents receive stimulants payments quickly, these improper payments to deceased individuals represent significant government waste and a burden to constituents who mistakenly accept the payments, the lawmakers said in a later in a letter yeah mistakenly accepted the payments <laughs> the treasury de- <laughs> i have a defense uh, after you're done here uh, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play the devil's advocate uh, okay the treasury department previously told npr that payments made to people who died in the coronavirus relief payment was received should be returned to the government the irs has published instructions on its website for how to return payments in its report, the Government Accountability Office said the IRS should consider ways of effect of actively notifying ineligible. <laughs> this is wait, crazy. How, this is wait crazy. A minute, wait no, a no, minute. Wait on. a minute. Oh, no, wait stop a for minute. a second. Slow down. What? I'm going to read this nice and slow what? for everybody. In its report, the Government Accountability Office said the IRS should consider ways of actively notifying <laughs> ineligible recipients about Dead how people. to return improperly dispensed payments. The Government Accountability Office <laughs> said the IRS should consider ways of actively <laughs> notifying dead people about how to return money to the government. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh... 
I haven't laughed this hard on the show in a while, but this, this is the wildest story in the world. This makes me giddy with with happiness to know that not only is the incompetence of the government sending money to dead people, but there is a serious investigation in how to let those dead people know how to send the money back. There's only one thing that there's, 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 okay. This is the explanation. Okay. The government, the Trump crew there, they figured out. How, number one, how to communicate with dead people. <laughs> number two, number two, he plans on resurrecting everybody because yes. because we will launch a new age. That's why we're in the new age, man. We need uh, we need some psychics. We need some necromancers. We need some mediums. We need to talk to these dead people and get our money back. Oh my gosh! They wow. should. Uh, that I mean, that would be hilarious if like a bunch of our tax money went to like ghost hunters or something to try to <laughs> seek out these, you know, go to their, their graves and stuff yeah. and try to communicate and, with them. And I love, you know, part of it is just how this thing is written because, yeah, it uh, is, you know, still, of course, I don't know. I mean, of course, maybe, maybe they're trying to say, you know, notify the family members about the wrong payments, but why wouldn't you just say that? <laughs> like just say the families of the dead people oh my gosh i loved where was it let me oh, i gotta go back this is a gem of an article i will be very sad if they edit this and fix it oh man um no i can't you, find it that, you that have speaks to know, for itself you have to know that you're i mean i don't know editors and npr is this no, I don't even think, I mean, who knows? It it's kind of seems like what? this is just what they were told. A lot of this is in quotes. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is, is just, true. <laughs> the, 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 this is quotes from the government. All oh, right. There you man. go. Well, so there you go. Watch out, dead people. They're coming to get those mistakenly <laughs> cashed checks that you cashed. Um, and don't forget to vote in the election. <laughs> This, this November, get out there and vote. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, how to follow any of that. I mean, this, um, this is great. All okay, right, let's hit the along next. the same lines. This yeah, is this is go. involving the government. So any anything we do has to uh, uh, just just your confidence in the government should wane here. But but this this makes all the more troubling the types of stuff they're trying to pass over there in, in uh, Washington. Block, 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 blockchain. Mm-hmm. And this is a story by Cointelegraph.com. New bill to outlaw encryption without government backdoor in U.S. Senate. Oy, oy, oy. We, we covered this bill, I think, a little bit when they first proposed it here. But it says here, uh, a bill that would outlaw end-to-end encryption for technology companies was proposed by three Republican senators. Meanwhile, Ava and Cardano would not yield. Of course, it's a crypto thing. So Ava and Cardano both being uh, crypto projects out there. Three Republican senators introduced a bill to end warrant-proof encryption on June 23rd. It invokes national security as a pretext for requiring device manufacturers and service providers to assist law enforcement by providing access to encrypted data. Pedophiles and national security. The The Lawful Access of Encrypted Data Act is sponsored by Lindsey Graham, Tom Cotton, and Marsha Blackburn. 
According to GovTrack, all three senators score high on the conservativeness scale, with Blackburn receiving a perfect 1.00. Graham is also one of the sponsors of the Earn It Act, which many privacy advocates heavily criticized for what they perceived as encroaching on personal freedoms under the guise of protecting children from sexual abuse. It is not clear why Graham and his colleagues felt the need to propose a bill that, on the surface, seems to have similar goals to the Earn It Act, stripping the individuals of rights to use privacy-preserving technology while forcing technology companies to become even more responsive to the state's whims. Perhaps the idea is that at least one of the cards that the bill plays, national security or child welfare, will get the job done. The press release says that the proposed legislation, quote, would bring an end to warrant-proof encryption in devices, platforms, and systems, a debate that has raged for years. Also, it stresses that companies would be required to cooperate with the authorities only after a warrant is issued by the court. Quote, the bill would require service providers and device manufacturers to provide assistance. I think this is already. Okay, we already read that part. Uh, If this bill ever gets passed, the crypto industry might be especially affected. Cryptographic algorithms are at the core of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. On the other hand, the decentralized nature of many projects in the space may make the industry better prepared. Uh, And it goes into Ava and Cardano. We don't have to get into that, Basil, Mm -hmm. but... Um, those are both, uh, you know, big projects on what they're doing. Um, I will quote Charles Hoskinson, which by the way, Cardano has a lot of super occult names for all their technology. Right. They have the Ouroboros and, and just every, every type of, uh, uh, occult thing you can think of. And a lot of it they say is just an homage to some of the old thinkers and stuff, but you know, they always say that. Right. Um, Charles Hoskinson said, quote, no, I will stop working on these systems if legally forced to do so. Uh, and, and Roger Ver, who's part of uh, Bitcoin cash uh, expressed skepticism that political laws have the power to solve what essentially is a math problem. Uh, no amount of violence can solve a math problem. And I think that's a great way of looking at it. So politicians can pass all the bills they want, but it doesn't change the way math works. So no amount of political law making or violence can solve a math problem. Meanwhile, attorney general William P Barr issued a statement strongly supporting the act, pointing out that warrant proof encryption allows quote criminals to operate with impunity. And that given the COVID-19 lockdown, it could be a timelier. It, uh, it could not be timely. Oh, it could not be timelier. Oh my gosh. I think I'm, <laughs> your, your brain farts are like starting to come over to my end now. Okay. And the quote is the danger is particularly great for children who are targeted online for sexual exploitation, especially during this time of coronavirus lockdown survivors of ch- child sex abuse and their families have pleaded with technology companies to do more to prevent predators from exploiting their platforms to harm children. We cannot allow these companies to elevate their profits and the privacy rights of these abusers over the safety and security of children. The likelihood of this bill passing will be greatly impacted by November elections. Mm. And, you know, this brings up a really challenging topic. And we've brought it up before on, uh, I think, our interview with Brad from Unstoppable Domains. But you value privacy. But how do you how do you make sure or how do you provide legal stance to go after those who are actually doing horrific things like child trafficking. Right. And so that, that's the debate here because if you allow, and and especially when it comes to tech, 
it's really challenging because, you know, you have some gatekeeping going on with the companies. Um, and in, in, in the case of centralized companies, I, I mean, I think if they have a warrant, they should give up some of the information, you know, uh, obviously that could be abused and it works both ways, but in terms well, a warrant's of a warrant, the problem, the biggest problem with, um, you know, what the big tech companies have gotten into the habit of doing lately is handing over information and access without a warrant. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Just at and, the request of a, you know, a law enforcement agency. Yeah. And then what do you do if you have a hunch uh, about people actually, you know, doing illegal things? Well, see, and using that's the, the technology thing too. Platforms. A hunch doesn't quite do it. In order for. That's a, what I'm saying. Yeah. That, in that's, order for, that's the difficult part. I, I think, yeah, that is kind of the balance, you know. Of course, um, the, uh, privacy people, of, of which I think we are both, you know, privacy connoisseurs, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. generally as a human right, you know, we have a yeah. right to privacy uh, is an important thing. And yeah, I mean, in order to get a warrant, you need an actual judge, you know, to you need to present evidence to a judge. Uh, you need to give them a good reason why you want to go into a house or in this case, get into a computer or whatever the case may be. And then, you know, it's the, it's handed over to the legal system. Now, do I, in my personal idealistic utopia, would there be complete personal privacy? You know? Yeah. I, I don't want anybody getting into anything, no matter Idealistically, what. Yeah. Idealistically. But it's just not really realistic. Of course, warrants exist for a reason. And as long as they're being, uh, you know, legally handled and legally acquired, um, then, you know, the law enforcement should be able to enforce laws. But right. that being said, yeah, I, I don't think you. And then that does hand over the situation to the gatekeeper. Like if they want to get to your right. Apple account or something, bring your warrant to Apple or even better, just bring it to the person. Have them, you yeah. know, let them into your phone. But it's when there's back doors and they can just get in there and spy and not need a warrant and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's where the big yeah. problem is. And that's part of the issue with this uh, with this bill is that they're basically saying like, hey, we we don't want we don't want government back doors. We just want everything to be way out in the open. Right. And uh, that's a problem in itself too. Yeah. So yeah, it's a difficult thing. This is a challenging issue that I think uh, not enough people are really talking about. Yeah. With big and tech. the one thing you can guarantee is that the government doesn't want to grant you uh, right. privacy. They, you know, yeah. when William Barr gets into it, he doesn't want you to have privacy. He wants yeah. access to every piece of information because that empowers his department to, you know, do whatever they want. So, of course, yeah. that's going to happen. Right. Um, he wants the he wants the if you're not doing anything illegal, you have nothing to worry about mentality to persist and, uh, you know, be the be the mindset of people that would support a bill like this. But I don't yeah. know, man. It's, we got. Uh, uh, Rice dude 75 in the chat asks need 70 viewers. We do need 70 viewers. So yeah, thank you. We're Rice down. Dude. We're Bring down them over, today. bro. Yeah. Um, doing their Friday night thing now. Yeah. I know the numbers are going down. It's about bedtime. I think for some people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, that's, that's an issue. And of course, uh, with the conversation surrounding uh, blockchain and uh, the encryption, I mean, that's a, 
conversation that's been going on for a while now. There's been some great uh, regulation and deregulation across uh, the country on a state level, allowing for um, you know blockchain development to to go on without uh, too much government interference, which is great. But of course, once the feds get involved, you know you're going to start uh, losing a lot of those. Uh, nice freedoms and securities that you have as a citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of scanning through. Sword oh, of the open and source. of course, I mean, it, it needs to be mentioned. Of course, uh, this act being put in the context of pedophilia and, and, oh, uh, yeah. you know, child sexual abuse, which of course everybody wants to stop that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and I mean, to a degree that it's impossible to to say no to this. Um, but on the other hand, you know, that's a very manipulative thing. It's like a lot of uh, different technologies, you know, of course, being brought in for medical purposes, brought in for, uh, you know, to better the lives of people. Of course, we want the government to do as much as they can to stop child uh, trafficking uh, and, and uh, pornography and things like that. And you know what? Maybe this is a good way to, to do that as well. But government, there's a lot of stuff you should be doing that you're not doing uh, yeah. in, in, you know, those criminal uh, <laughs> circles. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> do I need to mention Jeffrey Epstein? Do we need to yes, even go there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a whole island for the purpose of abusing children with uh, whole flight logs of elite Americans flying there. How has that just sort of dissipated? Oh, I guess because of coronavirus and race riots and elections and things like that. Kill himself. Yeah. Since you brought him up. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So that that's an ongoing issue. And I think this, uh, uh, it just goes to show that no matter what, it's the the totalitarian one world government you know type of thing is looming and it's just uh creeping up and it and it does so in different spurts you know and it does so in a way that makes it for you know your common citizen it is going to be the the eroding of our freedoms whatever mm-hmm. freedoms we had left i mean we're you know we i think a lot of it is an illusion of freedom at this point and yeah. and, and who knows how much if you really kind of think back um, in the era of technology, in the era of the internet, a lot of those freedoms have been obsolete in a sense with technology being the, the great equalizer for everything. And so uh, it's, it's kind of one of those issues where you're using the tech. So, you know, you, you don't necessarily have all your freedoms in a, a natural sort of way if you're leaving a digital trail everywhere, you know? Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, those are things to bring up. And I wanted to bring this article up because uh, it's an interesting issue and it taps into the conversation about things like Bitcoin, uh, which is pseudo anonymous. So it's it's uh, every transaction ever has been recorded on a blockchain. It's public. Mm-hmm. However, you don't know who owns all those addresses and all that Bitcoin. Um, some you do a little bit if you publicly oust yourself. But there's there's uh, forensics now where you, they can do the best they can. Chain analysis. A lot of cases, yeah. 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 Yeah, which is kind of frightening as well. But in any case, let's uh, go on to the last story here. 
Yes. And the jingle for that is... It will kill. It will kill. Now, this one I just wanted to uh, run through and end the show on because it's been floating around and I spent quite a bit of time looking into it myself. So I thought we'd talk about it here. Uh, Detective Basil. Yes. Hit the interesting notes. Maybe do a little bit of debunking. We'll see what happens. Um, So this is a dailymail.co.uk, but it is showing up everywhere. Um, I chose this one because they added some, they included some details that uh, a lot of other outlets did not include. Um, And of course, in true Daily Mail fashion, we've got a paragraph of a headline. So (laughs) revealed New Jersey girl, eight, her mother, 33, and grandfather, 62, drowned in backyard swimming pool when the child got into difficulty and both adults tried to save her despite not being able to swim just weeks after they moved into the home. (laughs) Daily Mail, you guys are crazy over there. Your headlines. A New Jersey girl, her mother and her grandfather all drowned in their home pool after the adults reportedly jumped in and tried to save the struggling youngster. Bharat Patel, 62, his daughter-in-law Nisha Patel, 33, and her daughter, named by neighbors as 8-year-old Sachi, were found... Why named by neighbors? Anyways, uh, were found unresponsive. Uh, In the backyard of their new home in East Brunswick on Monday, the medical examiner's office said Tuesday all three victims drowned and the manner of death was accidental. Sources told NBC the eight-year-old girl got into trouble in an underground section of the above-ground pool thought to be up to seven feet deep. Her aunt is then said to have called for help before both Bharat Patel and the youngster's mom, Nisha, neither of whom could swim, jumped in to try to save her. They all got into difficulty and the aunt jumped in, pulling Sachi from the water, but not before she had drowned, according to reports. Officials have also... Now, this is... Keep in mind... Just pay attention. Officials have also confirmed electrocution was not a factor in their deaths. Hmm, okay. Uh, Neighbors had suggested the family may have been electrocuted. One eyewitness told CBS an electrician's truck showed up shortly thereafter. But a police spokesman told DailyMail.com electrocution was not a factor. The family are understood to have bought the five-bedroom home within the last month for $451,000. Not sure why the price is important. But they are said to have only just serviced the pool ready for summer and were excited to use it. News 12 New Jersey reports concerned neighbors called the cops after hearing screaming from the property shortly after 4 p.m. on Monday afternoon. Loved ones uh, were pictured being consoled in the aftermath of the aftermath of the tragedy Monday. Locals had initially feared someone had fallen, but when police arrived, they found three family members unresponsive in the pool. The family were pronounced dead in the backyard. NBC reports. Neighbor Vishal Makin told the network, we are from the same part of India. We spoke the same language also. After the family had their pool service, Makin said, we were so excited for them. It's the right weather. You should get it done. And it's just a bad, sad day. Brunswick Police Chief Frank Losako said Monday, this is a devastating day for our entire community. So... A couple interesting things here. First of all, of course, you got 33, the magic number popped up, um, Mm. which, you know, is always a pay attention moment. Um, And then there started to be stories floating around about Nisha Patel, the 33-year-old in this case. Uh, Nisha Patel 
being an employee or a contractor for the Gates Foundation, which, of mm. course, rang some bells. Um, and, you know, you add the fact that why was this electrocution? You know, they weren't electrocuted. Why are we why, like, why is that such a big deal? Uh, and um, popping up in every article written about this, you know, so very interesting. Why are you making such a big point that they weren't electrocuted now? Some, you know, some interesting things. Why this family just recently, they had been in this house for 20 days. Uh, none of them could swim. None of, you know, none of them admittedly could swim. Yet they had this big swimming pool and they are excited to use it. So a little weird, but OK, it's OK. You, you can still enjoy a swimming pool. But, you know, it's just strange, I guess. Um now, there's a lot of people talking about uh, Nisha Patel working for the Bill Gates Foundation. I did uh, spend actually quite a bit of time running around trying to track down uh, Nisha Patel. <laughs> there's a lot of Nisha Patels in America. Let me say that first. There are <laughs> so many Nisha Patels. There mm. is a Nisha Patel who uh, works at the Gates Foundation, um, but there are also Nisha Patels that work everywhere. This Nisha Patel at the Gates Foundation does look like she would be around 33 years old. So the, the age does kind of match her pictures. I know her real age now. Uh, the Bill and Gates Foundation one. Which one? Oh, did you find it? I did, yeah. This Where? just published while we were on air. Of course. So this is Lead Stories uh, publishing a fact check. Anisha Patel, once employed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, did not drown in a New Jersey pool. Okay. And uh, do you want, I'll, I'll let you finish your thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll no, that's something. great. Because that's, I mean, that's good. I'm glad those reports are coming out. Because those reports, as we know now, weren't out out uh, as this uh, at the starting of this show, um, where I just checked because I found her on LinkedIn. I found the Gates Foundation, Nisha Patel. Found her on LinkedIn, um, and she had made a post the day after uh, this uh, horrible event. Um, so I, I, there you go. I knew it wasn't her unless of course you can use some apps, third-party apps to like schedule posts, but barring that possibility, uh, she had posted on her LinkedIn after this incident. Um, but, uh, how old is the Nisha Patel at the Gates Foundation? You said 45. Oh, 45. Wow. She's pretty good looking for 45. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, but there you go. 33 uh, obviously rang some alarm bells. I saw this spreading all over the Internet um, and sh this just just to debunk because you probably going to see this posted around, uh, you know, trying to connect this uh, strange thing that happened to the Gates Foundation. And of course, the conspiracy theories will spiral from there. Um, but as of now, there's no reason to think that the, that conspiracy theory is true. So there you go. Basil debunked. Right. Yep. And uh, lead stories agrees with you. It says here in the article titled fact check, the Nisha Patel once employed by the bill and Melinda Gates foundation did not drown in a New Jersey pool. She is 45, lives in Washington, D.C., and got into this sort of work, which is a, she's a pretty non non well work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty big-time big, big time work. Uh, when the Nisha Patel, who passed away on June 22nd, was only an adolescent, this Nisha, Nisha, this Nisha Patel, the one rumored to have died, had this to say 
to an, uh, in an email to lead stories, quote, please let your readers and the world know that as of June 26, 2020, I am alive and well. There are multiple people named N Nisha Patel in the U.S., and I'm just one of them, which is why I, of I often use my middle initial G across public platforms. Many of the inquiries I've gotten across social media this week are bizarre and disturbing based on media reports. A person who shared my same first and last names appears to have died tragically in New Jersey. I do not know the family, but my heart goes out to them. In a pinned tweet, only available to followers, she thanked people for their concerns, assured them that she was fine, and extended her condolences to the family that suffered the loss of her namesake. She included a quote from Mark Twain that reads, quote, the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. And uh, so there you go. She's uh, toying with it a little bit, but there you um, go. yeah. So not the same Nisha Patel, although obviously people are going to, you know, bring their conspiracy theories to the table when it comes to this sort of thing. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll hear some clone talk and um, what else, what, what else can uh, social engineering part of it <laughs> no i but think yeah, we it, just got ahead of this one and we don't need to let this one spiral out of control so there you go I, i'm still i, I, mean, I am wondering how they i am wondering how they actually died though in the pool if it well, wasn't yeah, it is electrocution weird. i mean they you know could just be a freak thing they're excited about a pool underestimated the dangers of going into a pool without knowing how to swim and uh you know the the tragedy unfolds from there but mm. one thing for sure, if you believe the official story, electrocution was not, uh, did not play a role. Mm. You know, I almost you died of an uh, electrocuting pool. That's <laughs> crazy. How does that yeah. happen? Um, you have crazy swim coaches that think that training during a thunderstorm is a good idea. Ah, the old lightning in the pool trick. It the lightning bolt hit the the giant. You know, we had these stadium lights where I was training at the time, mm -hmm. and we were, it was an Olympic sized pool, so there was a lot of people in the pool. And uh, when the thunders, the you know the lightning and thunder started, all the little kids got out. It make, makes sense, but of course, uh, by that point, I was in the, the senior group, and nothing stops us from putting our training in. And then the uh, the lightning bolt. I remember seeing it. Uh, the lightning bolt hit the 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 giant light posts like the the big you know like the stadium style lighting and i saw the lightning bolt jump from one light stand to the next to the next to the next and all the entire place just went dark wow. everyone screamed and we all jumped out of the water and ran to the locker room oh that's gnarly and it was uh it was the first time that uh, the boys and girls both ran into either locker room it was kind of <laughs> funny actually <laughs> Run for your lives. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 feet, maybe difference. Mm. And you would have had a big story about how like a hundred people died in a that's pool. That's And the coach probably going to jail or something. Canary cry would be so lonely without you. Gone. <laughs> All right. What do you think? Is that enough for today? It that's looks enough. like we're a yeah, little gotta, bit past your time here. So we got to get yeah, out I got to roll. Got to roll. Got to roll. Okie dokie. Sounds good. Well, 
Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Remember, we are still on the value for value model. This is the real world, people. Get used to it. If you support the show financially, you are a producer of the show. So remember us for next time. Go to CCN, uh, sorry, patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Uh, that's patreon.com slash CCNT. Sign up. Support the show. There's rewards, bonus episodes, all sorts of fun stuff going on over there plus you'll make guns and i feel all warm and fuzzy and we'll shout you out on the show remember uh sir edward thank you so much for sir edward the new knight of the canary cry round table we thank you so much that's right and uh we hope you enjoy the spread we've got out for you there sir edward and you too uh can work your way towards knighthood uh or damehood, don't forget that. Damehood or knighthood, you can uh, you can make it there, and it'll be fun. So head over to patreon.com slash ccnt, or if you don't like Patreon, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right, and over there you got some PayPal app options. You've got uh, monthly support or one-time donations, uh, as well as cryptocurrency and all sorts of fun stuff there. So thank you very much for those producers who uh, joined up this last week, and uh, we look forward to calling out and honoring more producers next week. Um, now, here's the thing. Remember, there's lots of ways to support the show. One of them is creating jingles for the show. And or art. If you're a creative person, if you're a graphic designer or an artist, uh, send us your Canary Cry Radio themed art. You can send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Or if you are a little bit uh, of one of those crazy musician type people, you can create a jingle for a topic or something on the show, uh, as well as full-on songs. Remember, we'll be playing the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show, so stick around to hear that. Um, And if you got anything creative to send us, send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. We appreciate that very much. Now, remember, we're trying to get to uh, 100 reviews not just ratings but reviews over on apple podcasts there so if you got it in you head to apple podcasts and leave a review of canary cry news talk um that'll be very fun we're trying to hit 100 that'll be a nice big uh Nice, nice, nice goal to hit there. I'm going to check real quick to see if we got any during the show. But, you know, I understand if you are so uh, enthralled by the show that you didn't get a chance to go over and leave um, a rating or a review. Wow, my whole virtual reality world is crumbling around me, so I have no control (laughs) over anything. So I'll have to check that next time. Um, But. (laughs) Also, remember, one of the best ways to support the show is to grab an episode, share it with a friend or family member. You, you, you know you got people you love who are waking up and they just need some guidance. So you can send them one of these episodes and uh, we'll help them on their way. And if you need any help figuring out how to do that, here's step one. You walk right up to them. Step two, you grab them by the cage and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Stop that!
You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Gradle a few cages. Gradle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, just ask Noah. Just <laughs> like it on the, the yes, background the flushing ex, noise. It just adds a little. flushing noise, very good. <laughs> All right, Gons, any last words? Um, just a heads up, only one show next week. Oh, so yeah, very Make sad. sure to tune in. It'll be Wednesday. I don't remember what, I can't, uh, I don't have a calendar what date that'll be, but it'll be Wednesday, and uh, yeah, sorry, but... Uh, Stuff, yeah. stuff going stuff on, in life. stuff going yeah. on. We tried to work around it, uh, but there is no work around. So next July show, July first. So, yes. so this is the last show in June. Yeah. How crazy is that? Crazy. Time just yeah. keeps on ticking, guns. Yep. Unless you're you, and then it goes backwards and forwards and sideways and all kinds of ways. (laughs) Well, there you go, folks. Remember to tune in uh, July 1st on Wednesday. We'll be doing another show sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure to tune in then. Remember to stick around for the Canary Cry mixtape at the end. And uh, make sure to tune in next time to Canary Cry News Talk. But until then, all together now, think outside the cage. Shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy, little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. You are entering a dimension of sound. You carefully come in through the threshold with wonder, yet skepticism. You see the faint shape of an outline of a robot arm petting a cat. You faintly hear the haunting sounds of a man playing a tambourine. The sound augments into two men playing with a soundboard. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Stay a while and listen. And now, where Nephilim news meets biblical views, you'll find broken memes and shattered dreams. Give it up for Basil and God. Don't let me go into the archives and find out what I told you. I tell you something. People call me everything under the sun, accuse me of lying, and everything else. I try to give you a heads up, I warn you, and then months later when I'm right, everybody forgets. I, I said this months ago. I said this months ago. I tried to tell y'all this is what was happening. I tried to tell you. Heads are going to roll. I tried to tell you. It's chaos. It's a mess. I tried to tell you, and nobody wanted to listen. Do y'all hear me now? Is it clear? I tried to tell y'all, it's getting ugly. It's a mess. I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell you. Nobody wanted to listen. 
And now you see folks scurrying. I mean, my I tried to tell you. You know how many times I'll say something months in advance and then it comes to, to, to fruition and then y'all forget I reported. See, they're going to have breaking news like it's news. You know what the news was today? I tried to tell you. But nobody wanted to listen. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and